Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. everybody and welcome back to the talking comics podcast it's wednesday august 10th 2022 you're listening to episode number 559 i am your host steve say and joining me for this week's show are mr bob ryer barbara gordon for congress Woo! damn right uh john burkle is here i am back i Thought we fired you, but okay. Uh, injunction in place. <laughs> the Prodigal Son has returned. And speaking of Prodigal Son, a show that this one got me hooked on. Chris Carey is also here. Hi, Davian Defense League here, but apparently I don't need to do that tonight, so. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is a Damien safe space. Yeah, I have an important question. If I'm going to be on more frequently because John's absence, do I stop doing the Damien joke every time or lean in harder? That's the real See, topic. okay. Lean in I'm, okay, I'm of the harder. belief. Listen, listen. You can, you can do what you like. I would never tell you otherwise. I'm of the opinion that doing the joke every single time, it wears a little bit. I listened to a podcast where... They when they do emails, they make it sound like one specific person is going to read that email, and then they interrupt them and give it to someone else every single time. And I swear to God, it is the most played thing that I can listen to. It's awful. I'm just saying, if I just get weirder with it, I think eventually it'll swing back around to funny. But it has to go long enough to do that. <laughs> Getting weird with anything is a great idea. Getting weird That's with Chris Carey. That's the name of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to a talking comics feed near you. Ooh, yeah, it does sound like a podcast. It does. <laughs> uh, speaking of podcasts, this is a podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about comic books. We also talk about comic adjacent things. And sometimes we talk about concerts, which... I will talk about later. Very briefly, though. Um, we have, as you know, if you've been paying attention to entertainment news, <laughs> we have a whole smorgasbord, a whole buffet of news to discuss later on in the show. Uh, lots of upsets. Maybe some cool stuff. Possibly. I don't know. Things are floating out there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we think about all, all of it. Uh, and we also have some talk about the Sandman that came out on Netflix and the new Predator movie, Prey, came out uh, this past weekend. Everyone's talking about it and we are going to talk about it as well a little later on in the show. Uh, I didn't really plan anything for banter this week, but uh, John... 
You have not been here in a little while, and I'm sure that there are people out there who are wondering why, and you said that you would like to share. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, the Summer of John came to a screeching halt. Uh, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, she has a very treatable form, 86% success rate, but uh, we are going through the process of MRIs, ultrasounds. She will start chemotherapy this week, and then she will have to have surgery after that, and then a round of radiation. So we're looking at, you know, six to nine months, hopefully, uh, hopefully at the, with, you know, greener pastures on the other side of this. So we found out just at the end of July and we've kind of been in, we went through panic mode. We went through lots of feelings and um, we're, we're, we have a very positive outlook right now. We think, we think we're in a good place. We are lucky to be in Iowa city with the university of Iowa, which is one of the top uh, cancer uh, hospitals in the, in the country. Um, but I will, my presence on the show for the foreseeable future will all depend upon how she is feeling and if, um, she feels comfortable putting the kids to bed and doing dinner. Uh, otherwise I, I will be doing the most of the full-time parenting for the next few months. But I will say this, she is only 36 years old. Make sure that you are checking, that you are uh, self-evaluating because this is honestly one of the last things that we thought that we would be dealing with at this age in our lives. So um, yeah. that's kind of where we're at right now, but we're, we're feeling good and everybody's been really positive and, and I appreciate everybody stepping in and Chris taking my seat uh, as often as they want uh, because I just like I like the vibe. So Aww. it's all good. It's all good. So that's where we are right now. Well, I mean, obviously, you know that we all wish you nothing but the best yeah. and that you have a solid support mm -hmm. system here, that anything you need, any time you need to take, any time you just want to get together because you want to blow off some steam, mm -hmm. yep. that we are behind you 110%. Appreciate that. Always. The, always, love always. And the, the love of the family, Talking Comics family is real and I've been feeling it over the last few weeks, and I appreciate it very much. I still can't believe that we've never met. I know. It's weird. That is met. so weird to me. No. No. I started writing for the website. Uh, day one? <laughs> way, uh, like five way, way. years ago. Okay. Five Long or six one. years ago. It was yeah. right around Winter Soldier. So whenever that was. Okay. So that's when I started listening. I <laughs> Chris's writing, heart's all flutter. <laughs> I, I just writing. love timing things by Bucky Barnes. Is all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was writing by Civil War. And then they put me on because I did a whole read of Fantastic Four. And so I came on for that. And then I just kind of popped up here and there. And then somehow I weaseled my way into a full-time gig. What what milestone do you associate with the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, though? Because you didn't mention that one. Um, last summer. I, that was last summer. Well, that's when that was my first summer on the show, pretty there, much full time. See, you can really just do your whole career in talking comics by Bucky I can, Barnes. I can do <laughs> yes, I can. 
Everything revolves around Bucky Barnes and Correct. the unspoken love he has for Steve Rogers. Yes, yes, absolutely, 100%. As I raise my um, <laughs> with you to the end of the wine glass that I have. <laughs> those, those steamy glazes, gazes across yeah. the room and, and, you know, nothing ever really stuck with Bucky, but Steve. Steve. You use the term unspoken, but in Chris's world, he's got a megaphone. <laughs> And he's just kind of stepping on his neck and shouting in his face, I love you! I'm just saying, in my world, it was a very tumultuous relationship that obviously ended in Endgame, and now he's in love with Sam. Let's be clear. Like, let's get it, not get it twisted. He ha- he is a Captain American sexual, so... He's a, got a cap fetish? <laughs> he's got a cap fetish. And Whoever has the shield! Has I can do this all day. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And let's be honest, I feel like this just illustrates, John, you wanted me to take your seat because we have the same sense of humor. That's what we, we might be the same person. <laughs> we might be just actually the same person in different costumes. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We've got Ooh. a... We've got a lurker in the chat over here. I see that. Aaron is. <laughs> Aaron's just watching from outside the window. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. With his, with his popcorn, sipping his wine. He started without me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's um, let's do some lightning rounds. Ah, uh, Bob, why don't you go first? Okay. I'm not sure how. Well, no, that's that's not fair. Yes, I am. It's because of G. Willow Wilson, Marcio Takara, Arif Prianto, and Hassan Asmani Allahu. But Poison Ivy gets better each issue. And as mm-hmm. I thought the first two were superb, I, I don't know what I can say about issue three. Stellar on all fronts. Ivy's still on her American tour playing Johnny Appleseed, or should I say Pamela Poisonous, spreading killer spores. <laughs> So that Mother Earth can restart without us pesky humans infecting her. That sounds kind of grim. There's a wistful quality to Ivy that makes this story into a tragedy worthy of Euripides' Medea. Many great moments here, as all of the creative team are just really in perfect sync. One in particular, there's a full page that, that really sold the whole thing for me, which shows Ivy planting a tree at the top of the page. And as you scroll down the page, you can see the entire underground ecosystem, all of which is peppered with her musings. And that culminates in, faith is what persists when hope is gone. So, oh, you broke me. You broke me. Uh, Zatanna, The Jewel of Gravesend by Elise Arden, Jacqueline DeLeon, Sam Lotfi, and Wes Abbott is absolutely delightful. Yes. As I've shared about before, I've been a Zatanna fan since her first appearance back in 1964, and she's my number 12 female character, number 27 overall, for those scoring at home, and I know you are. (laughs) So I'm pretty particular about new stories. So when I tell you that this was something, I'll go for the pun, magical, believe it. (laughs) Just a lovely reimagining of Zatanna's origin, and it's set in the Coney Island section of Brooklyn, and it displays all the quirky charms of that part of town. And it's only slightly elevated for mystic effect, as a matter of fact. There's friendship, romance, intrigue, mystery, all told with a fun flair and high style. For me, these DCYAOGNs, that's a whole lot of initialism, isn't it? Are (laughs) so very often more on model with the characterizations that even with the things tweaked, 
they seem like the characters I've always read, even though this is now for a much different audience. And I am not the target audience for this. I am 50 years past it. I just love what they do over there with those. Finally, to not so silently protest the cancellation of a certain movie, I reread Batgirl Year One by Scott Beatty, Chuck Dixon, Marcos Martin, Javier Rodriguez, and Willie Schubert. As some of that film's plot would have borrowed from this 2003 nine-part mini. Post-Crisis, DC did a lot of rebooting. I know this could be more considered a retcon. I think it's really more a clever way to make a lot of the various aspects of Barbara Gordon's very convoluted comic history come together really coherently. She's younger here, an early graduate from college looking to make a mark in criminal justice, but rejected on more than a few fronts, including by her father. Without going to a long recap of a nine-issue series, you should read yourself, honestly. Mm-hmm. We get to see Babs coming into her own as an empowered person, not willing to accept others' opinions of a woman's place in the world. There's also tons of fun and action here, too. Lots of Gotham guest stars. So if you're looking to fill the gap created by what just happened, this is just an absolutely great way to do it. That's it for me. Where to begin with this Poison Ivy series? <laughs> it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Not only does it have some of my some of my favorite art of the year uh, actually came up in some of the books that we're talking about on this episode, but I'm loving this Poison Ivy story. Um, Chris, have you listened to Batman Unburied? Not yet. I need to. Oh. John, have you listened to Batman on Barry? It's on my... my, Oh, my God. Useless. We're the same person. Of course we both haven't listened (laughs) to it. Uh, Bob, you haven't heard it, have you? (laughs) I'm out here on the island. I absolutely loved the Batman on Buried podcast. I highly recommend it. Spoilers for that podcast. Eventually, Poison Ivy does show up. And that characterization of her is so in my opinion so 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 well done in that series that this launched directly after that wrapped up it feels like a continuation not of that story but just of that character the way that she's written in that podcast is very very similar to the way that she's written here um i was not I mean, I guess I was there for the separation of uh, Poison Ivy. Didn't that happen in a Batman event? It happened in Fear State. It did. Okay. Um, I never quite understood how that all transpired, but you do get enough of it here to kind of understand the the separation that's happening with Pamela and how that has possibly done some damage to her as she's trying to reconcile uh, being cut off from her powers or cut off from the most powerful version of herself. Yeah, that's, I think, more than just powers in general, right? Right. And, and, and coming into this story being so completely vengeful, uh, I mean, she, she takes people out in this series left and right uh, and quite horrifically as well, even though the way it's described is they're all kind of lulled into this um, state of being where they're calm and, and everything's all, you know, coming up roses as they pass away. But I don't know. 
there's some like Cronenbergian horror stuff yeah. happening in this book that I can't imagine it's comfortable in any way. But anyway, I think she's using some of her pheromone stuff. Uh, the bottom line, though, I, this is just absolutely an achievement for this character. Jewel Wilson is nothing short of incredible. And her handling of this character is superb. I've I caught up with this over the uh, past couple of days and I'm absolutely in love with it. And again, it has some of the best art that I've come across all year. It is just so it fits so well with the character and the story. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I love it. Uh, I wish that I remembered more about Batgirl Year One. I know that I read it like however many years ago, but I'm going to let um, John and Chris jump in on that. Yeah, yeah, Zatanna. This was I love Zatanna too, Bob. And this was just gorgeous, like start to finish, so beautiful. I love the character designs of everyone. I think um, Zatara is my favorite, though. <laughs> the way they make him look like this total beatnik is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Also, does she have a type? This guy looks so much like Constantine, the one she's in love with. It could be that exactly. I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. I opened it and I was like, oh, Constantine's in this. And then it's objectively not him. And I was like, wait. <laughs> it's delightful. I met the author of this at ALA and she was oh. lovely. Yeah. Alice Arden. She's amazing. I had so much fun. And again, all these books, there are subtle changes. And it was, okay, they're not going to do the actual origin. And it turns out, well, if you hang in long enough, mm-hmm. there are things that direct directly tie into all the way back when she first showed up looking for her dad yeah. all those years ago. And that's just so much part of the story. It wasn't the House of Mystery one they did a little bit ago as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, between this and the uh, the Zatanna webtoon, we're having a real Zatanna-zance right now, and I love it. <laughs> now, when we when I first started on this, we had we did a question among the, the four of us about what what uh, DC thing would you like to see as a television show? For me, yeah. it's Zatanna. I'd love a, a mystic mystery detective show. Ooh. Zatanna and Constantine would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and all, the, well, they're, um... all those years ago, my choice was Mia Kunis. Ooh. That still oh. works. Yeah, I think it still works. Okay. Mm-hmm. She'd have to be an older one, obviously. Yeah, that's okay. I don't know. She still kind of looks 21. So yeah, she does it, yeah, I just saw a picture of a tell you, It's like, uh, they, oh, she's got a portrait in her closet that's about 150 years old. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I have had the biggest Hollywood crush on Mila Kunis yeah. for as long as I can remember. It's fair. Her husband's she's, she's from hot. here, from Iowa City. So oh. they are around every now and then. Have you have any of you ever seen The Spy Who Dumped Me? Yes, it's yes. one of my favorite movies. Oh my god. I love it's that so movie. So good. So much. It really has no it's, business being that brilliant. It really doesn't. It is so the chemistry between her and Kate McKinnon uh, is yeah. off the charts. It's real good. Oh Bob, this is this is I'm a delight. Spy who dumped me. You would it's love fun. it, Bob. Yeah. yeah. It's it is it's fun. It's I don't know. It's for me. It's the whole package. I absolutely love it. it well, you've got two of my favorite people in there. Kate McKinnon is, you can do no wrong, as far absolutely. as I'm concerned. It had Mia Kunis mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. It's, here's a concept. We, mm-hmm. we do a we do a movie about Zatanna and Constantine, but it's a gender bent Constantine, and we just recast them again. Just Mia Kunis. And, yeah. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. 
get in. It's perfect. Kate McKinnon would be a great Constantine. Her in that trench coat? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Flicking up a butt here and there, it would work. I'm very excited about this thing I just made. (laughs) So I was going to save this for news, but while we're on the subject, I might as well. Uh, A lot of things are getting the axe over at uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and DC and all of Mm -hmm. that. But so far, one of the projects that that has not been officially canceled yet is uh, Emerald Fennell, who did Promising Young Woman. I love that movie. Is writing the the Zatanna series for DC. Wow. Well, well, provided that it actually happens. That, that, that's down yes. on the list. They haven't quite got there yet with the It's app. Z. It's letter Z. They're going alphabetically. <laughs> right. It could 100%. take a while. How much does this cost? Nope. Not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. There's another story. Only Hold tentpole on. movies. They- oh, no, no. That's in here. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll talk about more cancellations and stuff uh, with regard to DC a little later. Steve, but yeah, if you get the, the chance, uh, you need to read the Zatanna. Yeah, it's really charming. Oh, it's yeah, it's on my list. I actually had it in my hands at the uh shop, but then I saw that monster's hardcover and I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, How good is but yes, that? what's that? How good is that? Monsters, I really, really enjoyed it. It is dense, 35 it is years. A... It took Barry Windsor Smith 35 years to do that. What? Yeah, he did that over 35 years. He did it in like pieces here and there. Oh my god. I know. Have you seen it? I read it. Few, I read it like last year sometime when it first came out I got it cuz I love Barry Windsor Smith. Mm-hmm. But I got to go did back to talk and about it on the show. I don't think so. It's one of those that took okay. me so long to read. <laughs> like like yeah. I would put it away and then I would come back to it cuz it's <laughs> it's so dense, but it's so beautiful. Like I read it I read it in two sittings and I was really, really surprised by that because that is not usually my deal. It takes me much longer to read pretty much anything, Mm -hmm. but I sat down with that. I took like a whole day and got to, I had like 15 pages left before we were just about to record (laughs) and I was trying to to get those read before I I had to meet up with everyone. Now, John, we we talked about this last week though, Steve. John, I don't know that Steve knew Barry Windsor Smith from the Conan things that we did, yeah. or the X Men, or whatever. He, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, he did Conan. He did uh, X Men stuff. He did his. Uh, do you remember when he did his own magazine, Bob, in like yes. the nineties? Yep, those were really good too. So yeah, no, he's. I mean, he's his, legendary. Yeah, and his art has been that crazy detailed for mm-hmm. fifty odd years. Wow. He is one of the special people in comics. So yeah. you need to check yeah. out his Conan with Roy Thomas and see what those look like. You'll be actually you have to wait for Dark Horse to put them out now, right? And then you have three three X Men books that he did over the years with about Storm that yes, like, and they I think they were all collected together, but those are beautiful. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're getting uh, not necessarily breaking news. This happened this morning, but I must have missed it. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito has met with Marvel. Saying that he wants to play Professor X. Oh, love, jo- love Sean Carlo. I, I, this that could definitely work. I would love to see that. I'm down. I never, never occurred to me, but now that you've put it in my head, yeah, I want it to happen. No, he's yeah. not the guy from Do the Right Thing anymore. He's he's a grown up. Oh <laughs> no, no, forty he's... years. You don't want that to be Professor X. Do you? Maybe young he's one of the greatest. X, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe could be. Could be. He's fantastic. Yeah. I loved him in Breaking Bad. Oh my god! Yeah, so good. He's good in, um, he's good in everything he does. Yeah, he is yeah. good in everything. He's great in the boys. 
Um, maybe except for Far Cry Six, he wasn't so good at that. <laughs> but I don't think that that was his fault. Yeah, who, who can be really blamed? As long as he has right. the same sexual chemistry with Magneto that they had in X Men First Class, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, you can't what? deny it. <laughs> no, the beach scene. That beach yeah. scene is straight up romantic. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> that even the scene in uh, Days and Future Past where they like spoiler alert if anyone cares that they were holding hands as they die. I mean, come on. <laughs> Speaks volumes. Yes. It does. It does. You had a little bit of jazz on your voice just a second ago. I just get real excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a saying. A <laughs> little bit of Peggy Lee going on there. We like it. A little bit. We've just got to talk. Right. We got to talk about like three of my favorite ships already. This episode, it's great. <laughs> All right, John, why don't you uh, keep it rolling here? All right, do a so round. I, uh, I, I know we lament the character often on this show, but I read Black Adam number one, be- basically because of Christopher Priest, um, Christopher Priest writer, Rafa Sandoval artist. Matt Herm on Herms on colors and Willie Schubert on letters. Now, if you don't know who Christopher Priest is, he's probably one of the best writers in comics going back to the seventies when he was James Owsley. If you yes, like Black Panther, wow. yes. If you like wow. Black Panther, his Marvel Knights late nineties Black Panther series oh, awesome. set the stage for everything that Black Panther is today, mm-hmm. and he is by far a superior version of Tom King because all of his <laughs> stories are told in a disjointed out of sync manner. Mm-hmm. But when they all culminate together, there's a scene in black Panther that he doesn't touch on for like six issues. But when it all, when like all the timelines sync, it is beautiful. And so I always give him a try whenever he does something. I read it. 40 issues of Deathstroke during Rebirth, and I don't even like Deathstroke. Um, so I saw his name on Black Adam. I'm like, yeah, I like I like the concept of Shazam and Black Adam. And this did not disappoint. It's uh, something is very wrong with Black Adam. Uh, his powers are betraying him. You actually get to see Theo Adam, the human version, and he is in a Ooh. Senate Foreign Relations Committee uh, hearing because... U.S. and Kondok relations are at an all-time low. You have a lot of political dissidents going on in his home country and Egypt next door. You got this mysterious young doctor that everybody is kind of focused on. And then in the end, you kind of see why. And the future of Black Adam is in question. And we might see a changing of the guards on the horizon. And, and, I, I it's a 12 issue maxi series. I'll read it simply because Christopher Priest is doing it and it might not link up with DC anymore because DC doesn't know what they're doing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my next book is Dark Crisis number 3. Um, speaking of, yeah. Speaking of, uh Joshua Williamson, uh writer Daniel Sampierre on art, Daniel Henricks and Danny Mickey on inks. Alejandro Sanchez colors and Tom Napolitano on letters. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Letters. <laughs> okay. We like letters. Napolitano. No, I, lo- I love him. He's been on our show. He's great. Okay. No. Actually, it was a genuine excitement for Napolitano. Oh, okay. That is- love that alphabet. So hot right now. <laughs> he, he does things with letters you would not believe. Anyway, go ahead. 
his letters are to die for. Let me show you the letter O. <laughs> Just well, hey, hey, hey. We had an ink blot in there. Will you? No. <laughs> okay. Make All it right. dirty. I love it. <laughs> Dark Crisis number three. <laughs> Everything. No one cares anymore, John. <laughs> I'm on to the next book. <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 no. Please. Go Deductive ahead. Deductive letters by. You know. Yes. He's a great letterer. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of his autobiography, Seductive Letters. He would love that. You gotta listen to our episode because it was very funny. He okay. gave us all our own, like what your bubbles would look like in comics. It was amazing. Ooh. Oh, that's fun. Ooh, that yeah. is good. He's very charming. Okay. All right. Everything is falling apart in the DC universe in the wake yes, of true. Deathstroke's attack on Titan's Tower. Uh Gar Logan is in uh, basically a coma after being shot in the head. Uh, but since he's changeling, I don't know why he didn't just shape around the bullet. <laughs> but, you know, comics. Yeah. Um, the new Justice League is a mess. The the league that uh, John Kent put together. Um, it's the both Blue Beetles. You got an old Dr. Light. Uh, it's just it's it's. It's your poor man's Justice League. Um, and Black Adam isn't having anything of it. Uh, there is a little bit of hope because we get a classic DC team returning. And if you are a fan of the original Crisis from the 60s and 70s, you will know exactly who I am talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might make perfect sense for an upcoming movie in October. Sportsmaster <clears throat> and Huntress? Yes. You are so <laughs> on it, Bob. I know. Uh, The Justice League uh, or the Green Lanterns are investigating Sector 666, which is the home of Necron, if you remember Blackest Night from a few years ago. uh, Sadly, yes. Okay. You don't like Blackest Night? (laughs) Not really. Okay. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk. No. (laughs) Uh, The Pariah and the Great Darkness are still a mystery. I don't know what this event is accomplishing. I don't think they're going to do a hard reboot here um, because I think most of the books are already operating beyond the dark crisis but it's still entertaining it's still a fun read i don't know if it's going to accomplish anything but i'm enjoying it uh so i'll finish it's only seven issues it'll finish up by the end of summer and then dc will do something else with their line Mm -hmm. um but finally i finally got to do it i finally got to sit down and finish batman one dark night number one two and three I read one when it came out, and I just decided to wait until they are done. This is written and drawn by Jock. This, these, these are big, oversized black label. Um, the artwork is incredible. This book has a classic cinema feel, a la like the 1970s Warriors, Escape Ooh. from New York. Batman, uh, one of his, it's a new villain. I mean, he might be in one of the video games, but I don't know. His name is. I don't think so. EMP, right? EMP, yeah, EMP, uh, whose ability is obviously electromagnetic pulse and can wipe out all electricity around him. And guess what? He goes off. Um, but Batman has to get <laughs> get Emp from Arkham Asylum to Blackgate Prison, and they provide a nice map. And Batman basically has to go three miles, lugging this villain over his shoulder while he puts a Faraday, like a Faraday 
device on him to try and stop him from blowing. You're a teacher, we can tell, John. Faraday mm-hmm. device. Uh, Faraday, yeah, yep. Faraday box, all of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. My um, favorite kind of box. I, mine too, you know, because it's going to shut off. <laughs> the only better uh, one is maybe Schrodinger's, you know. <laughs> I think Schrodinger, Schrodinger's box is overused <laughs> because everybody uses it for every stupid comparison in life. Whoa, I was not expecting that level of rage. <laughs> So dirty. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I forget, but even my son quoted like Schrodinger's cat with some stupid Pokemon the other day. I'm like, I'm like, excuse me, sir. No, no, I love Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. And you love like, Schrodinger, but combining yeah, the two. But you, yeah, but it's like, is, is Evie alive or dead? He could be the same at both times, Dad. <laughs> and your son's how old? How old? Nine. 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 Dead. They're passed out. Get it right. <laughs> They're exhausted. It's good. We're good. It's fine. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> Batman has to get Emp these three miles. Every gang in Gotham is after him. There are, uh, shockingly, corrupt factions of the Gotham law enforcement after him. It's, <gasps> it's, Gasp. It's, it's gritty. It's dark. <laughs> it's everything you want. Jock, in this, it's he's almost channeling a combination of Neil Adams and Bill Sienkiewicz, which Whoa. is kind of telling because Bill Sienkiewicz was uh, mentored by Neil Adams. Yeah. But it's, you got great pacing. You have wonderful storytelling here. And, and Jock doesn't write a lot, but I mean, he's mostly known for his artwork, but I, I would settle in for anything he wants mm-hmm. to do with Batman. Cause this was really well done. This is, I, I know Bob, you, you get mad when you look at the previews and there's so much Batman. Yeah. I but do. When we're getting stuff like the imposter, one yes. dark night. We're getting yes. Zadarsky. We're getting yes. some great Batman right now. And if they're going to do this quality, I am okay with all of it. Yes. Let me, let me just jump in and say just one thing before we yep. go to other stuff. I get that. Yeah. How about we put some of these wonderful creative teams on other books and yeah. that maybe no, they're doing no. flash I'm or greedy. green lantern or okay. Okay. Get, I, get your hands off of it, Bob. This is <laughs> don't, don't take our creators, Bob. <laughs> find your own. Oh. Well, wouldn't Wait, it be what? better for the line? If you no. have some of those people, yeah, no, stop. I don't care about the line. I want Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Batman come out through. and play. It. Yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> we had to <laughs> suffer through so many bad writing for so long. Let us have this time. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, but that time has, has stretched from Scott Snyder, which is now yes, agreed. a decade ago. And maybe the other books need a little attention. I'm just saying. No, Batman's our favorite no. child. It's just accepted. Yes. <laughs> I, I surrender. I surrender. <laughs> I'm All right. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Fun times. So, so, you know, how did they do this whole dark crisis thing? They killed off all the straight heroes. They left all the gay ones alive and they didn't assemble them as a team. I'm very upset. Oh, they assembled them as a team, but they're dysfunctional. They didn't course. really, oh, though. Oh, that's terrible. No. They, they didn't really, though. They just have John and then he assembled a bunch of randos. Like, what yeah, about? <laughs> he's got Damien with him. That's true. That's there's true. there's some longing stares there. <sighs> it's so good. You know, mm. un, you know Damien, Damien looks up to John. And he looks up to him. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you got um, the, the new Wonder Girl shows up. That's true. As, 
Yeah, so I'm just saying Aquaman, the new mm-hmm. Aquaman is running about being gay. I'm just saying they had options and instead this this Dr. Light dude. Why? D- wait, wait, oh, she, Dr. Light goes, dude? Wait a minute. No, no, no. Old old Dr. No, Light it's, from it's like the, the one 60s. from Crisis, the the <laughs> Japanese okay, the, woman yeah. Dr. Light. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Dude is a gender neutral term in my vocabulary. Okay. Really? Oh, okay. I now I know something. It's not the <laughs> rapist Dr. Light. No, oh good. God. Oh good. <laughs> Uh, identity do i have crisis? to actually be in charge or no no we're good, we're good to go we're behaving steve gosh are you <laughs> no you knew okay. what you did when you invited me on uh, <laughs> you love me chaotic positive or how oh, it all work yeah. right yes yeah that's yeah. me i'm upset that i did not get the chance to read one dark night number three Ooh. because i feel left out Aww. you gotta go We'll, we'll pause. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. When when we come back. <laughs> we'll just talk about cannibals again. <laughs> yeah. No, I knew, I knew that I wasn't going to have, I thought I was going to be able to make time for all three, but I, I took one look at it. I was like, yeah, that's not mm-hmm. happening. That has been, aside from Batman, the imposter, those mm-hmm. two issues yeah. of the, of this story have been some of my favorite Batman that we've gotten. Ooh. And in the in that time period that Bob is is talking about, there's lots of good stuff yeah. throughout. But the most recent stuff, some of the most recent stuff has been, I think, some of the best of all of it. 100%. And um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And Black Adam, huh? Black Adam. <laughs> Black Shazam. Yeah. The new champion How, of Shazam, too. Uh, 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 Doc Shaner, and I can't think of the writer. Joey read it too. We were going to talk about it, but Joey Joey's under the weather right now. Um, but that was there's there's two really good kind of Shazam books out there right now. Do you think that they're going to move away from like the prototypical Black Adam because that's kind of what they're doing with the Dwayne Johnson thing, they, or they, are they going to replace him with a Dwayne Johnson lookalike? No, I don't think they're going to do that because I don't think Christopher Priest would do that. Christopher Priest is one of like the, like at a point in time, he was one of the only African-Americans writing mainstream mm-hmm. superheroes. So I don't think he's going to try and do anything like that, but he is actually going to play up maybe some of the minority elements of those, of the, of the character. Great. Sorry. Good night. i sorry. What would you do if you turned the page and all of a sudden it was just black Adam giving you the people's eyebrow? (laughs) Why? I, 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 that would not shock me at all. (laughs) In the 12th issue, it's like, Chris, can you smell what black Adam is cooking? (laughs) (laughs) To be continued in. Black there's ad. a bi- there's a big ad for the rocks energy drink in the back of the book. Watch the XFL next fall. <laughs> oh oh lord, I am so I feel so out of touch with the whole Black Adam anything. They got this movie coming out. I don't know that I've ever read that character in any meaningful way ever. Me either. So, I've always I had just... affinity for like one of the first books like. All, like non DC Marvel books I read was Miracle Man by Alan Moore, Ooh. which is just when DC used to license Shazam to the British uh, comic company, they lost the they lost the rights, so they simply just continued the story and changed the name from Shazam to Marvel Man 
and then Miracle Man in America. <laughs> Sounds and, so much better. <laughs> and, well, it, it it's such a good story, and it's it's this uh, you know the okay. concept of somebody saying a word and becoming something else. Yeah. So I always and then Jerry Ordway did a really good Power of Shazam throughout yes. the nineties, yes. and so I always have like this this soft spot in my heart for it. I've just been disappointed a lot recently, but this one, this one's yeah, but good. Is this Shazam or is this Black Adam that you're talking this about? Is it Black Adam? But it's the same concept that of you know saying a word and becoming Komodo. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, <laughs> well here's that, here's it, here's my next question. Like, one of my biggest hangups with all of this stuff is that when I don't know a character, when when you don't know a character, it's hard to care, mm-hmm. right? So this movie's coming out. I've never read any of the books. And so it's it's just been a really big whatever. Like yeah. I'll watch it because we watch all of these things for the podcast and to have the discussions. So that's my ticket into this movie, come hell or high water, whatever. Um, my question is this. Am I missing out? Is Black Adam actually a cool character that is like deserved of going back and reading a specific story Oof. to be like, this is, this is what you need to know about black Adam. No, uh, I wouldn't say that. No. I, I black Adam is just kind of a, it, I mean, he was always the anti Shazam. He was always the villain. And then ever since Jeff Johns put him in justice society, he's kind of become their, their anti their or their almost like their anti-hero. Is he their, their Namor? Punisher. Is he their Namor? Namor, Namor, Punisher, something. But uh, Namor is probably a better, yeah, better one who can be good and bad at the same time. Um, I don't think that I, I can't, there's nothing out there that screams. This is a must read black Adam story. Absolutely. Um, but this, this has the potential to be that, but if you don't know the character, you would be lost in this. This does he transform like Shazam yes, does, he or is, he does? Yes, yeah. So he's Theo Adam. He's from ancient Egypt. He was uh, with the Hawkman and Hawkwoman back then in their okay, Egyptian cool. identities, and he was like entrapped in a tomb. And then when he was released, since he was empowered with his his Shazam stands for different things than Solomon and Hercules and all of that. Um, but since he was in the Shazam or the Black Adam form, he survived for all these years. But he can turn back and forth just like Billy Batson and Captain Marvel. Okay. But watch, watch the movie and just watch the movie. I don't think there's, yeah. there's, there's any run that really screams out that you have to read it first. Yeah, yeah, you you're fine. You, yeah. you, I just don't like. I don't like walking around with like preconceived notions and having my mm-hmm. my nose turned up to the movie a little bit because I feel like that's unfair. Yeah, no, it should be made to be accessible. One would assume. <laughs> well, I'll tell you because I mean we'll we'll talk about something that I had never read. One of my biggest black marks on my comic book uh, record is not reading the Sandman. Yeah, and so. I've heard that the series is quite similar Whoa. to the stories. We'll talk about it. it yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but going into that, you were not fine. like knowing next to nothing. I know a little bit, but like nothing, nothing major uh, has just been the biggest read, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. it a little bit later. Um, are we good? Do we want to move on to the next lightning round? I, I yeah. do want to hear more. Uh, Dark Crisis is continuing to annoy me because I'm just easily annoyed. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds annoying to me. Yeah, fair. I mean, it, it really does, John. Is there any reason that we, we think this will have lasting consequences? 
There's no reason for this to exist. Okay. <laughs> just there That's isn't. what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'll it, take it. it I can it, ignore it. Yeah. It, it, you know what we need? We need a comic book Festivus episode. <gasps> where we just air all of our comic please, book grievances. Please I invite me on there. for that. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> now it is time for the airing of the grievances. Oh, my I God. Smell, I smell a Patreon episode for that one. If there's a way, if there's a way that we could do that respectfully, maybe, maybe we'll do that <laughs> as like should, a holiday bonus. I was say, it should be a Patreon. Festivus. Then we can, you know, you have yeah. to pay for our being disrespectful <laughs> yes i'm working on it that has been that has been a challenge and a half but it is it is yeah. still happening um no but anyway dark, we'll we'll obviously update everybody when it's yeah. good dark crisis is it, it i don't know if they want to do in my my opinion from reading these things for almost 40 years now over 40 years now um they're gonna bring everything back and they'll do like a soft reboot and make everybody heroic at the end. But this, <laughs> this is not going to have a lasting impact like Crisis on Infinite okay. Earth. They yeah. just wanted to put Crisis on something, so maybe they don't need the copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. Yeah, sure, why not? Ouch. Yeah. And they have how many issues of Dark Crisis are there? Seven. How many tie-ins? 700. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> a lot of money to be made. Uh, Enough said. Excited for the future day of reading a trade and being like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> My favorite thing that happens during events. <laughs> Amazing. Chris, why don't we stick with you? For okay. So I have brought two webtoons and one comic adjacent book for you all Ooh. today. Um, so the first webtoon I wanted to talk about, I, so knowing I was going to come on the show, I just pulled up webtoons and I was like, what am I going to talk about? I ran across this one called Remembering Gale and I had not originally intended to talk about it, but I accidentally fell down the rabbit hole of that series so hard. I have read nothing else this week. Um, it is about 500 (laughs) issues long. So, um, it's, it's been around for a while, but it is absolutely captivating. It has this very beautiful, like interesting kind of minimalistic art style. Um, and the, the storyline, it's set in China and it is about this high school where there are two rival gangs that have formed, And um, this teacher who used to be in a gang himself who gets hired specifically to help like defuse this situation. And it, it perspective shifts to every one of the kids the whole way through. And you find out how complicated and interesting their lives are. Things take on a very dark turn that like shifts the course of everyone's life um, about midway through. And it is, captivating i don't i don't know if i would reveal what it is but just if there's a trigger it's in here so fair warning on that but the the very dark turn it takes makes the story shift from being about these kind of like youthful indiscretion kind of violence like it wasn't really they were not serious serious gang to be clear um but it switches because one person gets too convinced that he's untouchable and does something truly horrible 
and everyone has to then come to decisions about who they want to be. And it is very good. Like, I can't even describe. I was, again, could not stop reading it. I looked up and five hours had passed. No joke. Luckily, it was my day off. But I was like, oh, no, it's dark. What happened? Um, I meant to sit down and read five issues. Where am I? Um, so I definitely recommend Remembering Gail. It was, it's very good. I'm, I'm like 300 issues in. I still don't know who Gail Gail is to be fair (laughs) don't know what the title is about but i'm guessing it'll become clear eventually (laughs) on a much lighter note i also read uh (laughs) it's hard not to be uh to be to be fair remembering gail is funny too it's not like only dark but it is like i said every imaginable trigger um i don't usually read high angst i thought it was going to be fun hijinks the whole way through and i was incorrect um, but again, on a lighter note, Jassy Whistles is also a webtoon that I'm utterly obsessed with. Um, this is kind of a, you know, we talk a lot about how webtoons is kind of opening up the world of representation. It's still pretty like Eurocentric, America centric, but, uh, and some, some Asian countries, yes, as well. But this one is actually set in Paraguay and it is about Paraguay's mythology but basically, the story is this this woman is growing up in modern day Paraguay, and she knows all the stories and mythology, but doesn't, you know, believe them. That's old ideas until her boyfriend gets kidnapped by the myth- supposedly mythological Jassy. Um, and Jassy is basically their answer to Loki in the whole story. Oh, oh yeah. Like a like total chaos gremlin. I love him so much. Um, but she goes and she finds Jassy in this other world to kind of try to get him back, finds out that he doesn't actually have a boyfriend. The boyfriend's missing in this world. And Jassy takes this liking to her that she can't understand uh, but he just he has a crush on her, basically. <laughs> um, and Jassy ends up going with her on this journey. And it is it's mythology. It's this beautiful, surrealist art that uses light and shadow in a way that make it very surreal and dreamlike. Um, and it is a really cute love story about a girl who's annoyed at a chaos god. <laughs> As one should be, right? As one should be. It's great. It, honestly, it's not a Loki story, but it is one of the best Loki stories I've ever read. Like, So that's the idea. <laughs> the art for it is spectacular. It's spectacular, it right? It's really beautiful, yeah. I also just love <laughs> that in Paraguay mythology, the uh, the god of chaos is a white guy. <laughs> Just, oh no! It's true. <laughs> Aren't they always? That's fitting. It is. I thought it was so funny because they were always they were in throughout it before you meet him. They're all like the pale chaos god, and then you meet him, and you're like, it's a blonde white guy. <laughs> like, oh yep, yep, checks out. <laughs> it's gorgeous, absolutely delightful. So then in comics adjacent news, I just finished reading um, Padawan by Kirsten White. Mm. So this is the new Obi-Wan Kenobi book that just came out. And it has officially, here's your queer respondent news, confirmed that Obi-Wan Kenobi is queer. hello there (laughs) and now it's my favorite thing because now he's been confirmed in the books so whenever a dude bro star wars fan argues with me i can push up my glasses and go if you read the books you would have known that Uh, (laughs) (laughs) only use gatekeeping against gatekeepers just saying (laughs) 
but it is truly the maybe one of the top two, top three best Star Wars books I have ever read, and I've read a lot of them. Um, it's so good. Kirsten White is one of my favorite authors. I love all the things she writes, and her take on young, like teenage Obi Wan is very fun. It's a story about him when he's just started working with Qui Gon, and he's really insecure about it. And Qui Gon's very different than him, and um, basically is he's like convinced that Qui-Gon didn't really want him, but we had him forced upon him and he's feeling very anxious about that. And he has to kind of figure out how to trust in himself and stuff like that. And it is delightful. It is very gay. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Is that it? That's it. (laughs) I'm looking at screenshots of this remembering Gale. Yeah. And I can feel the sadness seeping through my screen and into my soul. I didn't do this to myself on purpose. <laughs> even the even the cover art uh-huh. for it just looks very wistful and longing really, and Yeah. Oh, so sad. It really so is. Sad. Yeah, that's the the cover art is the one of the um, leaders of the gang and the guy he has a crush on. So yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, as the person who frequently brings sad ass books to this podcast, join me. <laughs> yes, be sad. Join with me. me. <laughs> Come be That's sad right. with me, and then send me a bunch of snaps about how sad it makes you. Yeah. And then some kitty cats, just for yes. balance. Yes, <laughs> I, I have a comics adjacent recommendation. Ooh. Re- re- in terms of remembering Gail, have you ever seen the movie from nineteen fifty five? The Blackboard Jungle. No. Uh, teacher gets hired to teach in an inner city technical school that's filled with gangs and bad stuff. And mm-hmm. bad stuff happens as he tries to impose some kind of order, tries to do it the right way. Then the wrong way gets called out. And I won't. Are, do you think you'll see it? Because I don't want to spoil. I don't, yeah. Maybe. I do. I do watch movies from back then, so. <laughs> It is it is the first movie that featured rock and roll. It's got Bill Haley's Rock Around the Clock. Oh, okay. I might have to check it out. But it has a cast. When you start to look at who's in this cast, it's like, wait a minute. How young are they there? <laughs> Very, I'm uh, One major star who from that movie and a couple of, a lot of character actors, you get, wait, that's, isn't that the guy from, and that's so-and-so, <laughs> and that's, but it is harrowing. Okay. These kids do some really awful things. And for a movie from 1955, in the midst of that whole drivel delinquents thing going on, which, of course, were all caused by comic books. We all know that. Oh, it yes. It's all the fault of comic it was, books. It was because Batman made everyone gay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Batman. He was in his, you're right. He was in his, his dressing gown with Robin, and that was it. That was the end of that civilization. Was, that's what made me it. gay. Surprise. No. Way to go. <laughs> Wait, Bruce is too? Yes! yes. <laughs> Where's Dr. Wortham? He'd be so happy to hear this. <laughs> Just confirming it. It was comics. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, speaking of confirmations, that was when Jassy whistles. Oh, it was when Jassy whistles. You're right. As you know, Brownwin and I have the tendency to shorten and or completely change the name of things and then never. I know you do. 
Let's and I'm straddling the line <laughs> over here of trying not to be that guy no, you can't be versus a- giving everyone uh, the crown oh, in real time. Chris, <laughs> Chris, it's when Jazzy whistles. Yeah, yes. it's a when Jazzy well, whistles. Not okay. just Jazzy. To be fair, I used the right word this time. Like, don't get me started on Gay Wolfbook that I do not remember the name of. <laughs> Yo, I'm still listening to that Isn't on audiobook with Bronwyn. I'm really enjoying it. It's great. It's really good. It's great. It's really good. That's my other I have to say. <laughs> We'd love to give it a the plug, d- Gay Wolfbook. <laughs> it's called Big Bad Wolf Series. I did learn it because we did a show on it. But before Ooh. that, I had no idea what it was called. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, the dude reading it is interesting. But I've kind of – I have this love-hate thing going yeah. on for him. Yeah. Some like there are times when I think he's doing a really great job and he's perfect for it, and then there are times where I'm like, "Slow down, man! You're going too fast." He does. You almost sound. You can't like, listen to that one on any time speed. You've got to listen to it on the regular time because he is. He fast. sounds artificial <laughs> at times, like certain passages. He sounds yeah. like a like a robot. He doesn't sound like a real person. Interesting. Did you watch? I don't know. The, that's. Did you watch the snap I sent you of the audiobook I was listening to today, where he made every female voice sound like Kermit the Frog? Oh no! <laughs> it was so bad. I won't shout it out because I don't like to be negative, but it was really bad. All right, I'll have to. I'll have to. My my Snapchat has been popping off all day. I so wonder I'll have why. To go and look at it. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, if there's nothing else, no. I guess yeah, no one I else has do... thoughts on gay Kenobi. Come on, I love it. It's <laughs> fantastic. I still have not watched the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Oh, it's really good. You should do that. I heard that it was good. Obi Wan is um, my favorite. Talk- my favorite yeah. Star Wars character. He's just non, no competition. Why? Why? <sighs> well, it turns out because Genuine- I knew he was gay. <laughs> No, come on. No, before that. Before, before but no, bef- I love him. I, it's really hard to explain, but he is like this sarcastic, like a bit of an asshole in the best way. He, but no, I, I, jo- I know you say before that, but no, no joke. He is the character that many of us have queer read for a very long time because mm-hmm. he reads that way. It's not, okay. and, and uh, yes, I know I do that with a lot of characters. I don't do it with everyone, to be clear. <laughs> they have to give evidence. I don't think Qui Gon Jinn is okay. I think Obi Wan is. Let's be clear. Well, they, when they, when they did those prequels and they tried to make a love triangle between yeah. Obi Wan and Anakin, and yeah. that was just it never worked. It never worked. It, but he had the best chemistry with Anakin. Oh no, he was him and Anakin. That was a, a yeah. It was a the it was the, the Padme ages. one that didn't yes. work. <laughs> Chris, is it you and McGregor's Obi Wan specifically that you're talking about that you fell in love with? I, it's hard for me to separate because you have to remember I'm a youngin. So those movies were out by the time I was watching Star Wars. Well, what do you think of Alec Guinness? See, that's I love what him. I, he was my yeah. favorite character in the original yeah. trilogy. I, I, I love him. I, love him. I do, yeah. but it's hard for me. For me, they're the same character, right? Like I didn't have yeah. a I didn't have a before uh, uh, Ewan yeah. McGregor. So I they I mean I think. If we're talking prequels, which I don't hate as much as everybody else does, they're not great, but I, I enjoy them. I don't hate them. It's just, yeah, they yeah. just don't hold up to the originals. No, but as far as characters go, he's the best one. Like, he is oh, the yeah. most, the continuity with him is perfect. Like, he is exactly, he's picking up exactly where the, the originals left off with that character. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really hard for me to explain. I know I just do is not a great answer. 
no, no, it's, it works. That's the right answer. Sure, I've answer. used that before. It's just uh, he speaks to my soul. If there was a character I'm, I would be like in the Star Wars universe, it's probably him. Like to be fair, sarcastic, a little chaotic, you know. No, I think okay. I think you and McGregor really gave that Thank character you. depth. Me I mean, too. I mean, Alec Guinness was great, but he kind of fit that 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 role of the mentor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like the 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 with his dying, it was like the to get to the next scene. You and McGregor really gave the character. I mean, you bring in an, a very talented actor. Yes, and I, I can see. And he was, and no offense, he probably was the best actor he in was. those prequels. Yeah, that's not even yeah. an insult to other people. That's just he just is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, now you're making me think about it for the first time. I do. I think <laughs> the thing about him is he is a Jedi that is joyful. Like he, especially in the prequels, right? He enjoys mm-hmm. what he's doing. He has fun. There's like this he's being smiling, a Jedi is yeah. yeah. Being a Jedi is not all this serious, stoic. You know, blah blah blah. He's <laughs> not having any fun in the first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, look, yes, that's fair. But, but, but what the hell? Alec Guinness in the original is having. Yeah. fun once he's, he's pulled out of the cave it's these are not the droids you're looking for there's a smirk to him when he says oh that. yes yeah i love a character that can come into a world where things are bad and still be able to be like we can have some light or we yes. won't make it like that is very powerful to me when a character is like that i think it always very affects me a lot i also think he's the one jedi we really get to see struggle in a like a very like I think this book really does a good job bringing out the anxiety that he has and what you know struggling with who he is and things like that especially in the prequels we get to see that we don't get to see that with any other Jedi except for like Luke but not even as much with Luke to be fair yeah please okay so that's my thesis on why he's the best (laughs) (laughs) uh what else occurred to me is that I think that I've forgotten how old you are I think I knew at one point, and now I don't know anymore. I'm 30. Oh, all right. I thought you were going to hit me with like oh. 26, and I was going to just- TJ is. TJ's 26. Oh. <laughs> My co-host oh, don't tell on me that. Go. He's a baby. No, I'm 30, but still, I was like, what, nine when the Phantom Menace came out, I think? Stop. So, oh, my God. Stop. Yeah. Please. So on 99, so- so no, I was younger than that. I was seven. Wow. So I don't really I was... remember. I'm, I'm probably saw them because my parents are big nerds, but I don't remember watching them before Phantom Menace. So yeah. All right. See, when I was 30, the original <laughs> trilogy was really finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a youngin. I don't know what to yeah, say. I, I saw a Star Wars in a, a drive-in movie theater. Is a double feature of Logan's Run in Star oh, Wars wow. in Whoa. 1978 as it was the year re-release they re-released it the next summer yeah. and i remember every i that's like defining in my mind yeah and, you know, I- I genuinely think i don't mind phantom menace that much because when i watched it it was appropriate for my age <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a kids I've watched, movie i've watched him with my son and he yeah. totally gets into it i that pod race could end like 30 seconds in like oh my engine blew up it's over he yeah. loves it. So. Yes, a thousand yeah, percent. It, it's, it, I get what Lucas was doing. He was aiming for a new generation of fans. And he he did it, apparently, because yeah. now yeah. I'm sitting here talking about why Obi-Wan is the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I want to see okay. seven-year-old Chris watching that going, there's something about that Obi-Wan. <laughs> I just, just can't place my finger on it. Not a, that totally straightens me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that that TikTok trend that was going around of the people, like the wind blowing through their hair and that music coming on <laughs> yes, for, the, for their the, queer awakening? The Taylor Swift song. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 All right, we gotta we gotta <laughs> tell this along. Yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> am I the only person here who read the closet? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh god damn it. Okay. <laughs> so the closet number three came out. I just realized that I didn't write down any of my creative teams. Wing it. My... Just make it up as you go along. It'll be great. No, no, no. Make it um, up. Hold just on. Make up new names. <laughs> yes. Yeah. By Sandy McSanderson and <laughs> Fred Smoot. <laughs> Fred Smoot sounds like a comic writer. Wow. Doesn't he? From that the 40s, good. though, yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Here we go. Uh, James Tynan, uh, the fourth uh, on words. Art by Gavin Fullerton. Colors by Chris O'Halloran. Letters by Tom Napolitano. So. Okay, the closet. If you don't know what the closet is all about, allow me to tell you. This is supposedly the last issue. So um, we'll talk about that in a second. Tom is a father. Tom is a self-centered, awful person. He is a terrible husband. He is a worse father. He thinks... That the way of fixing his family is to take this cross-country road trip with his son. Jamie's probably, he's four years old. And they're going to have this, you know, great father-son road trip and meet their mom in Portland. And they're going to start their new lives together. And everything that's wrong is going to just get magically better because that's how life works inside of Tom's head. Tom is a fool. He is in such denial about where he's at in life that he's just completely switched off. He's oblivious. So the closet feels like a short story about a person riding a vicious downward spiral. The cycle continues unless you're willing to do the work to break it. Obviously Tom isn't willing to go and do that work. And little Jamie is paying the price for it. As the situation intensifies with his father and this trip becomes more and more awkward, Jamie is being haunted by a closet door that appears in his bedroom every night. And when it opens, this like demon crawls out of it and basically sits on his chest and terrorizes him. And it's almost like a sleep paralysis demon of sorts. Um, We get the backstory of how that demon came to be in this issue. Uh, it is a really dark and sad story that ends, but not really. And that's kind of where I am at with it, where I'm still kind of turning it over in my head, because to my knowledge, this is only a three issue mini. It's like a, it's like a short story. Um, and it has one of those endings that's not necessarily ambiguous, but just you could easily continue this and have more and more and have some kind of resolution. But I think that the resolution is that cycles exist and they are what they are for a reason. Sometimes they don't end unless the people that are perpetuating them 
are willing to change and are willing to do the work and own up to their promises. Tom is not that kind of person. So the story doesn't end in an unsatisfactory way because the character's perspective that we're getting for the whole story is still an unsatisfactory human being by the end. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Particularly considering great. who the writer is. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, so much of the story takes place at night. There's a lot of strategic shadow placement and mood lighting throughout this story. The art is incredibly creepy and emotional. Uh, it makes it feel like Tom is being haunted by his ineptitude. And, you know, we got his family is paying the price for him not being able to grow up and assert his responsibilities and just think outside of himself for once and to actually do the thing that he says he's going to do. Uh, It's a really sad story in that way, but it also presents a really complex character and gives you a complex resolution to the three issues. Um, I think it's worth reading. If you're a fan at all of uh, James Tynan, this feels like just this dark little story, like this dark little short idea that he might have had put down to the page. Um, I believe this came out of his Substack, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where you can do little like little short stories like this, a little episode of something. Uh, if you want to feel really cold inside <laughs> for a little while, <laughs> hey, look, it's the summer. If you want to beat the heat, re- redo some closet because it's um, it'll 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 make you feel nice and shivery. <laughs> Um, one of the other things that I read, and this gets the Steve, Steve, uh, what, what's the Oprah Winfrey sticker that you get? Like Oprah, Oprah recommends, Oprah, <laughs> but this is the, this is the Steve, Steve say book club, uh, for the week golden rage. So golden rage is words by Chrissy Williams art by Lauren Knight. Uh, by the way, I mentioned that some of my favorite art of the year is in this epi- in this episode. Lauren Knight, Golden Rage. Check it out. I'll describe it a little bit later. Colors by Sophie uh, Dodgson. Flats by Shane Hannah uh, Chu. And letters and design by Becca Carey. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, no woo? Woo, I said woo. <laughs> Not a relative. I'm just throwing it out there. All right. Thank Uh, you, John. What what would you say if I told you that Golden Rage is Golden Girls meets Lord (gasps) of the Flies? I would say, give me. (laughs) I'm in. Aaron would be very unhappy to be not part of this discussion, I'm saying. So this is coming from Image. Uh, Golden Girls meets Lord of the Flies. Women who can no longer reproduce are banished to the Island of Crones, as it's uh, I want to go to there. (laughs) On this island, three women have formed a survivalist group of their own, while another group, the Red Hats, we'll get to them in a minute, (laughs) want the island for themselves. Oh, man. So the reason why Chris is likely cracking up, if you don't know, the Red Hats are a real thing. The Red Hats. Hats, Yes, the Red Hat Society. I can still remember the first time that I encountered the Red Hat Society Mm -hmm. at the Ronkonkoma train station going into the city. 
and seeing like upward of 60, 70 women standing on the platform, all wearing these red berets. Yep. Yep. And I was like, this is it. This is, this is how it all starts. This is how we go. What am I looking at? And obviously I didn't know what it was at the Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. but uh, I did a bit of research. And so the red hat society is uh, an organization that basically sets up adult uh, hangouts and play dates specifically for women, tailored for women mm-hmm. to go and out and have a good time and not be judged and enjoy life and do all the things. And somehow they've ended up on this island and they want it all for themselves. <laughs> I've been to a Red Hat meeting. <laughs> Have you? I was, my my unofficial aunt took me one time when I was like nine. I don't know why I was there. But I have been to a tea party with a bunch of women in red hats. So <laughs> lovely. How was it? It was fun. There was well, you know, if if you were a precocious nine year old, as I'm sure all you can imagine, I was uh, being surrounded by a bunch of old women who really enjoy your humor is the best time in your life. Yeah. So I was like, a captive audience, go for everyone it. Everyone yeah. thinks I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was really sweet. And it's like very important because not to be full therapist here for a moment, but, you know, depression is really high in that age demographic. And to have things like this is very powerful. So that's awesome. Yeah. So apparently they're murdering people. (laughs) Sometimes murder is good for your mental health. (laughs) They're entitled at this point. I think it's funny, though, because I recognize the Red Hats as a, as a name right away. And so, of course, I ran to the internet to go and do some research. And there are – there's like a hierarchy yeah. to this group depending on your age. Like There are different hats that you can wear. They yeah. have their own like fashion partners and mm. stores where you can get your Red Hat Society yeah. gear. I was with the top level ones. They had the whole like um, – uh, horse race hats, like those big hats. Oh, yes. the, big, the big derby hats? Yeah, so yeah. I officially went to the top of the ladder, just throwing it out wow. there. So, so in, 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 like Scientology, you're now clear in the red I've hat. I've been clear <laughs> in the red hats. How much did that cost you? Um, still working it off. Okay. <laughs> you signed like a million year contract? Yeah, it's like a student loan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk so, about those. <laughs> <laughs> so another woman, Jay, who is only thirty years old, uh, she has early menopause, ends up on this island and is basically adopted by the three women. Oh, love it. Uh, they believe Jay is somehow the key to their survival. I think that they figure since she's younger than them, she'll stand a better chance. Uh, against Red, who is the leader mm-hmm. of the Red Hats. Oh, so we're going battle royale here. Eventually, we're saying yes. Yeah, okay. It is very, it is very battle royale. It's a little bit of Suicide Club, like wow. it's wow. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Amazing. it's got. Yeah, it, it, it. I don't know. It even feels. Um, Joey and I talked about it. Eat the rich. Mm-hmm. It had pangs of that too, and yeah, the artwork. If I had to describe it. It's basically Dan Mora meets Lila Del Duca. Wow. It's gorgeous. I'm looking at it so now. So it's really incredible. Lots of different body types are featured throughout the story, which is really nice to see. Um, you got, you know, older people looking like older people. Uh, the contrast between Jay and now her her roommates in this story. Uh, it's 
it's nice when they go the the lengths to do that and to not dress things up and to present people as people. Yeah. I always enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it makes the art more interesting. I think it makes the characters more interesting. Uh, and it's really nice to see it done so uh, respectfully. And this is this is a five star number one for nice. me. I love the concept. Love the characters. It's written really well. Um, everybody's interesting that I've met so far. There are lots of cats on the island because, of course, there Yay. are, <laughs> which I absolutely love. And yeah, it's um, it's it's really awesome. And who, who, what, I, I like it. This is Image. Image. Okay, cool. Yep, it's called Golden Rage. I'm in. Being a golden yeah. rager myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, and then the other thing that I read uh, real quick, I went back to one and read one through six of Little Monsters from Jeff Lemire and uh, Dustin. Is it Dustin Wynn? Nguyen. Dustin, what is it? Nguyen. Nguyen. Yeah. Um, this is the little little vampire story. So I don't know that I specifically grasp the whole concept of this, but this story is pretty wicked. You basically have a group of kids that during what is what they're calling the second pandemic. So I feel like we're already way past that, (laughs) but there's a, there's another pandemic. And basically what happened is there was this Lord vampire, you know, alpha vampire who went around and turned a bunch of children and then peaced out and left them to their own devices and said, you need to stay within the city limits feed off of animals only don't leave. But because there are still some humans that have survived the pandemic and they've now encroached into the vampire space, they're seeing humans for the first time and smelling a different kind of blood for the first time. So what happens when unsupervised and inexperienced vampires taste human blood for the first time, they want more of it. And so this is the story of like there being a dividing line between those wanting to play by the rules that have been set for them and to continue waiting for their master to return. It's been like a hundred years since he ditched them and hasn't come back, but they are, they are steadfast and wanting to wait for him to come back for their next instructions or to tell them that it's okay to leave. Meanwhile, the others that have tasted the good stuff are now like we want stuff. more. We'll, we'll do whatever, <laughs> right. whatever we can to get it. Um, and it be, it creates this really dramatic story of these kids from this city who are all vampires and don't know any better, and now they're kind of at war with one another uh, as they're trying to decide what to do with this newfound information and these new feelings that they have from tasting different blood. Because one minute it'll energize you and make you feel like a god, but the minute that you take it away and don't have it again, you start to get almost like uh, like drug adult cravings. Five hour it. energy drink, you know, it wears <laughs> off. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Um, it's real. It's it's a really cool story. The art is absolutely phenomenal. It's done in this black and white and red art style that just really sings throughout the entire series. Uh, I hope that this is the two of them for the duration. I have no idea how long this is going to be, but I just, this is the kind of thing that when I'm reading it, I want it to stay consistent. I don't want 
any guest artists. I don't want any change in tone or anything. It is perfect the way it is. And I'm really, really glad that I caught up with it because it is awesome. Um, so if you've been sleeping on Little Monsters by Jeff Lemire, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, really big Descender. Descender with Vampire's vibe mm. Yeah, to this one. That the same fun. team. Yeah. 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 And one, one of the kids looks exactly like the kid from Descender, like Andy. through and through it. Yeah, mm. totally. In the same universe? Like, Could it be or no? I don't know. It, mm, you never know. Yeah, probably not, but you never know. Descender was nine years in the future or something oh. like that. So, His descendant. Well. 47,000 <laughs> generations removed. <laughs> I just think that Dustin has a has a type and has a style. Yeah. Uh, but it's awesome. It's really good. I, I kind of was just collecting it and letting it sit for a while and uh decided to go back and crack it open and it's awesome so your three just increased my tbr and i'm not thrilled about it thanks steve yeah <laughs> yeah well at least the closet is is only three issues All right i did just recommend you something with 500 issues <laughs> yeah it's fair. it's fair yeah and i'm still plugging away on uh my dictator boyfriend i'm glad you're still in because it's so good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those hard sells where I'm like, it gets great around issue 60. <laughs> oh, you're one of those oh next gen people. Yeah, watch season three. Yeah, it's I... all good then. Hey, yeah. I am one of those uh, okay. next gen people. Don't even okay. go I thought me. so. I had a feeling. I've just been doing a rewatch of it this week. So, yes. <laughs> I actually found uh, a new webtoon on my own Ooh. not too long ago. Uh, what the hell is it called? Nerd and Jock. Have yes, you read that? Yes, Nerd and Jock is a delight. Uh, okay, I've been reading Nerd and Jock. It's yeah. really, I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's it's good, like right before bed, a little bit of, uh, what is it, serotonin? Yes. That gives you the, the good stuff? <laughs> that gives you the goods. <laughs> yeah, the good stuff. <laughs> I mean, not to, right. not to push my glasses up again. It depends on which kind of good stuff you mean. You so, but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, does anybody want to talk about closets? <laughs> yes, or I, yes, I rage? do. I, I, okay. I am really, I, I, I don't want to say this in a way that sounds against somebody else, but it, James Tyne in the fourth manages to tell stories about damaged folks mm. in interesting ways. There's positives to it. They're reaching, they're trying in a way that's different than some other authors who want to just deconstruct everything and make everyone yeah. a victim of everything. His characters. Really mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that makes a difference. It really yes. does. That's why he's going to always be one of my favorite Batman writers, because I think people who write Batman should have opened them or else. Yeah, amen. Or else it Frank Miller's. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bob's here trying not to insult anyone. I'm like, no, I'll name names. I'll name, yeah, I'll, yeah I'm, okay, go for it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we won't mention his name or somebody else whose name can't be mentioned around here anymore. Mm, who? <laughs> now I want to know, but tell me later. His initials are Tom King. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, starts, it starts with a ta and ends with M King. <laughs> here I am sitting on an email with an invite to interview. <laughs> I actually I like some of Tom King's stuff. Mr. I Michael. do too, and that, that's I that's love the, some that's, of Tom King's that's the real sadness of it. Every once in a while, there's that wow, you did that, huh? He did call me basic in person one time, though. So insult him all you oh. want. 
He called you basic? He what? Did. He yeah. did. He said liking Tim Drake made me basic. And I was like, you like Dick Grayson. What could be more basic, basic than Basic Drake, yeah, the guy from 1940. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. At least I, at least I updated slightly. <laughs> we, we, I met him at a con. It was mostly a very fun conversation, but we did get into an argument. And poor TJ was just like, I just want him to sign my book. Can you stop? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, a, he's a lovely person. I bet he is, he is a he's very lovely. lovely person who's written some of the best things I've ever read. Yeah, Mr. Miracle is one of my favorites yeah. ever. His Batcat stuff within Bat Batman was, was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the Batman Catwoman book is mm. where – is that's the line. That's, that's – well, Tom Supergirl King. too. But the the, the, oh, okay. the Batcat <laughs> thing really it really got to me. Yeah. yeah. I Tom, just read Batman Killing Time and that was really yeah. good. Yeah. Yes. T- yeah, Tom King gave us Batman riding on top of a jet plane and steering yes, it did. using grappling hooks. So what can we can't say <laughs> that? Yeah. Amen to that. I'm right he did. It's yeah. one of my favorite panels of all time. That was that was the first one. That was, right? that that was the number first one. one. I mean that David, is a strong start. <laughs> David Finch, yeah. Yep. And then that's I loved where we it. got Gotham Girl and Gotham Man or whatever. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. See, we Have love Tom done King. A- See, I it's, do it's, Tom it's, King. I don't like all of love all of Tom King, but yeah, we'll have him on. Look, I I will I'll rein it in. I won't. I I'm <laughs> I'm, a, if I'm an old fashioned same- gentleman. I will not call him out to his face the way I did the Zenoscope guy in my first episode. <laughs> can you can you call him basic for me though? That'd be great. Oh, I, yeah, oh, you should be on with us. You should be on with us, Chris. <laughs> like, hey Tom, do you remember that one interaction you had at a yeah. five years ago? Because I do. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Just flip on the webcam. It's me. It's me all along. He's like, who? Oh shit! <laughs> it's that. It's that uh, scene from uh, the Justice League cartoon where um, Lex Luthor takes over Barry Allen's body and rips off the mask to see who he is, and then goes, "Who?" who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Oh, Lord. Oh, uh, super, super, super quick, because I don't want to spend too much time on it. Basically, the end of the story is, if you ever get the chance to go and see the band Wet Leg live, mm. you should absolutely take it. Uh, I saw Wet Leg at the Phoenix in Toronto last week on Tuesday. Absolutely phenomenal energy. I stood in that, by the way, it was a sold out show. I'd never seen so many people in that venue. I was un comfortable i wore my mask so close to my face and i literally had my back up against the wall next to the bar and stayed there throughout the entire night because i was afraid to move there were so many people in this venue i'd never seen it like that before but i got there in time to see the opening bands i'd never i didn't even know who the opening band was going to be it turned out to be a band called dizzy dizzy was fantastic go and check them out if you have spotify they're on spotify they have a couple of albums really 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 good stuff what if you have a turntable Um, like me who is dizzy where are we putting dizzy what's the genre where are we at genre kind of like a like a um like a portishead okay if you will something like that a little bit of little bit of electronic um very romantic very um like 
jazzy, uh, saucy female vocals. You're right in my wheelhouse oh, there, Steve. Yeah, yeah. A little, I, I, I told you I, in the – well, maybe you didn't see it. No, but I, the, no um, I did. I'm, I'm vamping to get you to say it. But okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, they have they have at least two albums and a couple of EPs and stuff like that. But they were great. But one of the cool things about them was they were fans of Wet Leg, and they basically they found out that the soul the the show was sold out, and they're like, oh man, that sucks. And then the person in charge of the venue was like, well, do you well, want to open for that? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so two. Yeah. So two days before uh, Wet Leg was supposed to play, they didn't have an opener. And then Dizzy ended up playing for them, and I mean, they were they were fantastic. The whole crowd was into them. Every time they were done with a song, people were cheering and clapping and hooting and hollering, and it was really really nice to see them so well received. I like immediately perked up when they started playing. Like from the opening notes, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like that, huh?" And so yeah, so I was treated to an entirely other awesome band. But seriously. The entire time that I was watching Dizzy and Wet Leg, I just kept having the same thought of how do these like early 20-somethings, maybe even late 20-somethings, I don't know, Wet Leg look like babies. They command so much power on that stage. Everybody in that crowd was singing along with them and shouting, and they're practically brand new. They've been around for a couple of years, but they haven't like exactly hit until right now. So if you get the chance to see them, absolutely take it because they are blowing up and going to, to really big places and they rock. They were so ridiculously impressive. I loved it. I had the time of my life. It was a great show. Awesome. Uh, no merch booth though. Aww, wow. Weird. Yeah, I wanted to drop money on both. I would have, I would have gladly bought like some shirts, some records, or whatever. Not a damn thing. The whole, the whole merch booth they have set up. They have like a default booth there, uh, completely empty. Nothing. Weird. Because that's yeah. where all the money is, right? I mean, you sell a twenty dollars yes. T-shirt that costs you six dollars to actually make. Like, I get it for maybe dizzy. Like, if you didn't know that you were going to play until two days, yeah. maybe you couldn't get your stuff out of a storage unit or whatever. But like. Wet leg, like you're on a you're on a tour going all over the place. You don't have shirts, That's right? When you when you go see a band, it's that I can walk over and maybe even get lucky. The artist is there, right? Yeah, helping sell some stuff. But I'm I'm always willing to buy a shirt, buy a CD, buy a program. It, it helps. That happened. Uh, that happened with the faint for Bronwyn and I a couple years ago when we walked over and the lead singer. Uh, was just hanging out there. We got to talk to him for a couple of music, a uh, couple of music, couple of minutes. <laughs> um, and I mean, I've loved, I've loved that band for at least two decades by now. But, but sometimes, awesome. yeah, sometimes you find out stuff. I, I've told this story before, so uh, excuse me. Some years back, I, I mean, I, I have acclaimed her to be the official Sean Tuse of Talking Comics. Her name is Nellie Mackay. <laughs> oh yeah, and I saw her at Madison Square Park for free and you're sitting in this this lovely park on 23rd right over by the Flatiron building where the, the original Shake Shack is sitting and everyone's just sitting on the lawn and whatever and she introduces her band and they're the Phantom Strangers <laughs> it's like okay wait a minute I, 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 so, and she then signs at the booth it's like okay you, you, you get a CD and get it signed okay that is that's a comic thing right because I'm from Talking Computer. Yeah, but I can't say that. Shh, 
because I could get sued. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay, fine. Thank you very much. But seeing an artist buying the merch is part of the experience. I, yeah. I, wow. How do you, mm, missed opportunity, I I, missed opportunity. Yeah. I'm the person who always drops way too much money mm-hmm. at the merch booth. I dropped, I think like 250 bucks when we were at that Pussifer show. Not that they need it. But, um, yeah, but how much did you MO buy? How many Rundle. great things did you buy, right? I bought uh, Bronwyn a satin uh, Pussifer robe, Ooh, like a black and red. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool. really nice. Uh, I got a hoodie that was really cool. We got a um, like a seven inch that they, they've only printed, I think, 500 of them. Gotta have that. So we, Gotta have that. Yeah, we got that. But when I went to that, I'm looking at the poster right now on my wall. When I went to that Emma Ruth Rundle show uh, in 2018, I literally bought the entire oh, good uh, merch Good booth. for you. Yeah, I have a picture of it on my Instagram. Like I bought one of everything. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Like I kept dropping more money and they were like, are you serious? And I was like, yes, yeah. absolutely. I love what you do. On. I love what you do. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, let's talk about let's we'll, we'll go through sandman and pray uh for a little bit and then we'll hit the news mm-hmm. and then we'll get out of here the news. all right let's talk about pray first <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay now talk about a movie that i was not anticipating at all this movie was coming out and it looked cool and I was like, there's no way this movie is this cool. Like, it looks it looks right up my alley. They're going to screw it up. They're going to ruin it somehow. It's going to be offensive. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. Let me tell you something, folks. Prey is the best movie in the Predator franchise since the original. Ooh. Yeah. I second that. Yeah. I second After, that yeah. entirely. Absolutely 1,000%. This movie rocks. Mm-hmm. I loved every minute of it. Not only was it a great Predator movie, it was a great movie, a great action sci-fi movie, period. Absolutely phenomenal performance from Amber Midthunder. And holy shit, like, it was so beautifully shot. From the opening, the opening shots of this movie, you can see how gorgeous it is. Where they were filming on location was just so, so beautiful. Fantastic characters. Really great use. Coolest looking Predator, I think, that they've ever put on screen. I know the original has its classic appeal, but the overall look of this thing with, like, the bear skull on its face, Mm -hmm. it's just absolutely inspired. I loved it. And, yeah, from top to bottom, I mean... I have a special place in my heart for Predator. Uh, John, you mentioned drive-in movie theaters. I w- I actually saw the original Predator in the Rocky Point drive-in theater. Good for Bob, you. you. What a great drive. That. I remember that drive-in very well. Been there a lot of times. Here's the thing, though. Like, I remember that like distinctly, right? There's a handful of movies that I saw at the Rocky Point drive-in. Um, but Predator came out. I was born in 81, January of 81. Predator came out in 1987. Yeah. So at six years old, I saw Predator in 
the drive-in theater. I also you probably saw... shouldn't have, but okay. I, no, yeah. I saw no. it at six two, Steve. That's so funny. It's pretty. It's pretty R. There's a reason it's an yeah. R rating. But here's the other thing. One of the other movies that I saw there. This is even I mean, more messed up. <laughs> is Purple Rain, Prince's Purple Rain. Yes, nineteen eighty four, three years old, and I remember it. Yep. It's crazy. It's a great movie. Yep. Um, I also saw Spaceballs and Inner Space uh, there as well. Mm. But um, I mean, every, somebody else can go. I just 10 out of 10, top to bottom, pray. If if you haven't watched it yet, absolutely watch it. If you're a fan of action movies, if you're a Predator fan, this is the movie that you've been waiting for mm. since the first one. Well, wait so. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm a, Talk I, to I, me no, about I, Predator 2. I love this movie. Well, this movie, the 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 gun at the end is what yes. Danny Glover gets in Predator yes. 2. So yes. there's there's more here. And if you watch the end credits, the end credits are the post-credit scene done in pictures. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Oh, yeah. oh it's yeah. awesome. So you get a chance to go back Pictographs and see it. Oh, crap. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah. Yes. yeah, so you have to watch that and it tells you what might be coming but no you're right this is beautiful it was filmed beautifully the the acting is incredible and and authentic i loved it it it's it is probably next to predator the best of those but there are some good predator movies out there but this is above those i will give you that no love for predator versus alien no i don't hate them (laughs) i kind of hate that one okay Requiem's not terrible, but the the I like the, the Predator is apparently very good from a couple of years ago. I haven't seen that. The one Predator's yet. okay. Predators with uh Adrian Brody. Brody. I watched that yesterday. That's a the really last... tight movie. That's that's oh, good. Okay. Was that the last one to come out with no. Tremblay? No, that's the Predator. The Predator from came out in 2018. 2018. Okay, cuz I lasted maybe 15 minutes <laughs> with that movie. They were on no. a bus and I turned yeah. it off. No, Predators is where they drop them on a on a nature preserve on another planet. Like eight of the most lethal killers in, mm-hmm. in Earth. So you have Ugh. like like a, you have like a cartel member, you have mercenaries, mm-hmm. and you have like like a serial killer, and hmm. they are then preyed upon by the predators. So both people are predators, and you got to see which one is the better mm-hmm. predators. It's a good movie. I'm going to take a flying leap and say it's the alien and not the human people that are the better predators. Yeah. Oh, Chris. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. Chris, I, I might don't have to spoil. watch it. I might have to watch it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I do love a serial killer, as we know. Oh, that, <laughs> I shouldn't have revealed that. That is a really good reveal in the movie. That it's a serial killer? <laughs> you had to yeah, reveal it or I wasn't going to I'm not going to tell you anything it. else. You're the same <laughs> person. You both knew it. It was, it was Gestalt. True. It was Gestalt. Yeah. No, you'll know right away why. What? Because one person who might be an alumnus of the that '70s show really doesn't make sense. <gasps> that person. Until... Ashton Kutcher is a killer. No. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I was kidding. I know. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could be interesting. <laughs> I'd love to see him do it. Okay. <laughs> back, back, so we're back talking to the about pre- back to pray. <laughs> <laughs> The the representation here is so wonderful that so mm-hmm. much of the movie is actually told within the context of the 1700s we're dealing with and that societal aspect of it. And it is, for most of us, 
Americans, the whole idea of, wow, there was a hierarchy in the Native American culture we destroyed. Mm-hmm. The things are there and matter and it's there. And the presentation of all these things, I don't speak Comanche, obviously. I don't know nearly mm-hmm. enough, but I felt brought into a culture. So beyond this action sci-fi craziness going on, there is education. There is empathy. It, it's, it's a really neat little movie that accomplishes more than I think it may have even tried to do at the start. Mm-hmm. But, it's, mm-hmm. but it's all there. And, and Amber Midthunter, as you said, Steve, she is incredible. Yeah, there's picture. another Her actor brother. in this who is it was actually his first movie. I want to get his Beavers name right. His name Beavers. Yes. Was, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a ver- um, while you're looking that up. There's a version of this movie in Comanche that you can like. It's yeah, uh, yeah. The oh, Comanche wow. dub. Yeah. That's so you amazing. can yeah, which is yeah. I that's how I want really to watch good. it the second time. Yeah. At, at a certain point, we get to the the French who were there in in that period. It's, it's the Northern mm-hmm. Great Plains. And I found it fascinating. For, I was looking on 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 the the my devices. Wait a minute, there are no subtitles for this French part of it. No, no, they nope. they are the invaders. We don't need to know what they're saying until there, ah. there's one of them who can yeah. who can speak Comanche. Yeah. Wow! Or you could be married to someone who speaks <laughs> French and give you the play by play. That could be too, but. Um, <laughs> We, we, we th- there was one point though where I was a little concerned in that Naru, her name is uh, Amber's mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. who get who becomes the damsel twice, mm-hmm. and it's like oh let's let's not put her to there, and then it turns into no, she flips that and flips it twice, and she doesn't yeah. win because of someone else's devices, smarts. It is her. And her, her dog, Coco. Well, it was played by Coco. That dog's incredible. <laughs> the yes. dog is absolutely incredible. Love this movie beginning to end. And I saw Predator in a theater back in the day. Loved it. Had 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 a fun time. You know, it's a testosterone-driven craziness, and it, it's wonderful. And the, the one since I've had less connection to, but they're watchable. Right. But this, so this we- was... Something special. The score was amazing. Cinematography, the settings. I mean, it, uh, we'll, we'll move forward. I, I will talk about uh, another movie eventually, but l- let me let other folks join in here. I just want to jump in. Uh, Dakota Beavers the, yes. is yeah. the actress. I also want to point out that there are two characters in this movie. One of them is called Big Beard, and the other one is called Waxed Mustache. <laughs> Yes, well, I, we, I know exactly who they are. Yeah. <laughs> those actors, they got those parts, and they're like, I am Big Beard. <laughs> I got the part, got Mom. The part, oh, yeah. honey, who are you? Big Beard. Big beard. <laughs> waxed mustache. Oh, yeah. Yay. I'm Waxed Mustache. <laughs> That's wow. great, honey. I'm so proud of you. Here, talk to your phone. I could have my leg cut off, and it'll be great. Uh, all right anybody else got any uh pray thoughts before we move on to the sandman no sadly i haven't seen it yet and i did realize this week talking to tj i've only seen two new movies this year so i need to like fix that (laughs) what have you seen real quick i saw batman and i saw the new scream 
and that's it. Okay. Both good. Yeah. yeah, it was. They were great movies, yeah. but I just genuinely have been in a I can't like handle a movie phase right now, which is why gotcha. the rewatching of Star Trek is happening. So. <laughs> Not a bad plan. All right. Now, I, I, Steve, I know you You know what I'm going to be talking about here. This, oh, right. This, Go ahead. this drove me back to watch the original Predator, which mm-hmm. stars Jack Palance, Martin Landau, Neville Brand, Ralph Meeker, Sue Ann Langdon. And you're going, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. In 1980, there's a movie called Without Warning, where it's set in the woods and there's all this crazy stuff going on. The first time you see there's this hunter wandering the woods, played by Cameron Mitchell, who gets this frisbee thrown at him that has teeth and tentacles, and it sticks in his back and draws all his blood out and kills him, and stuff's going on. There's a hunter from space come down to Earth to hunt human beings. And the alien in question here is seven feet something inches tall, played by Kevin Peter Hall, who plays the Predator in the original movie. There is no question that this little indie movie directed by Graydon Clark, which I saw in a a cinema, and I'm looking at the Shout Factory Blu-ray combo edition as we speak, didn't influence this Predator movie that came five years later. Hmm. Oh, yeah. you got the same guy playing the L. It's a cheap piece of junk movie, but I'll tell you, it is on YouTube. You want to... Give yourself a, a little. Give yourself an hour and a half and check out without warning. There's some gruesome stuff. There's some great acting because all these character actors from the '60s and '70s in this movie. It's the original. I liked it to Steve. I don't know if you ever got to watch it. What's that? Without warning, because I know I, I lent you the DVD for a while. I don't know if you ever got to it. No, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Okay. I thought you were going to talk about something else. I thought you were going to talk about the. Fan made. Uh, well, I could go with Alien. I could go with that <laughs> Batman Dead End, the fan film by Sandy Kalura. Has anyone seen that? <laughs> I've yeah. seen parts of it. Yep. Uh, okay, Sandy Kalura wanted to get a job in special effects, costumes, makeup in cinema, and decided, well, let me make a fan film. So it's Batman Dead End, and his Batman is the Alex Ross Batman, mm-hmm. who's hunting down the Joker. And he catches them in an alley, and they're beating each other up. And it's, well, you made me, and I made you. And all of a sudden, the Joker gets murdered. Oh. Oh, (laughs) Yes, he does. And Sounds like the best Batman story ever. (laughs) Except who he gets murdered by is someone now Batman has to face off against. I guess. And there's a big fight between Batman and the Xenomorph from Alien. What? Yeah, <laughs> full blow, and it's all like a thirteen-minute movie, which then that sort of ends. Batman struggles to beat him, right? And at the end of the movie, I'm spoiling this. Sorry, we get predators. Love it, and it is costume brilliantly shot, brilliantly. You take, give you. I'm sure it's online somewhere. Yeah. And Kalura followed up with World's Finest, Batman, Superman, it's got Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, it is Lex Luthor in the power suit, the Legion of Doom suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so thank Love you, it. Steve, for remembering that, because I wouldn't have, so there you <laughs> oh, go. If you want uh, other Predator-adjacent material, this is mostly a recommendation for you, John. Um, there is a documentary 
called The Missing 411 on Hulu. And it is a real true crime case that is very interesting. But this documentarian then takes the hardest left turn and is like, maybe predators are real. Oh, wow. (laughs) It is is captivating. And the like, wow, the logic leaps we're making here are interesting. But it was honestly, I couldn't stop watching it. So there you go. (laughs) I will check that out. Anybody uh, check out poor Gail Simone on Twitter? No. Oh, no. What's, what happened? She, she's talking about prey and she goes, didn't, did people forget that the predator has acid blood? <laughs> and she got <laughs> lit up. Uh, that, I think that is, Gail, that is Gail trolling people. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, that's yeah. what she does. I, I know, but it yeah. was so <laughs> I love her trolling. Like all the predator fans come out like, um, excuse me, I believe you've got this confused. <laughs> That's my favorite. My favorite ever one is when she was like talking about what um, Cyclops's beams are made of. Yeah, made uh, heat, heat, so force bad. beams and heat rays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Oh, she's a gem. She's, she's a doing gem. the Lord's work on Twitter. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. A lot of people have not gotten the memo when it comes to Gail Simone. Yeah, get on that. She's out there distracting oh. the gatekeepers so the rest of us can live in peace. Very That's true. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's quickly go through the best, what I'm calling the best thing that I've watched on television in a long time. The Sandman. It's good. Talk about something that I had no preconceived notions for. Didn't watch anything for it. Didn't watch any of the teasers. Didn't watch any trailers. Managed to not write any stories about it for work. Just avoided it all over the place. I have fallen in love with, with this an emo boy. show. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I love that the actor playing him was also Don John John from Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> I there. This show is doing something. First of all, it looks incredible. This is an expensive feature film show. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's very obviously Netflix. You want to wonder where Netflix's money went. Oh, a lot of it went into making this show because even if a majority of it is green screen, and a lot of it is, and I know that, but the artistry, the imagination, and the way that they have blended like the surreal environments with the real world. And there are points in this show where you cannot tell the difference between the two is nothing short of genius. It is also in in addition to being like really fantastical and really captivating. It has a lot of heart Mm -hmm. and it's very deep. And a lot of the concepts that they're talking about can really make you think for a while. The show asks a lot of questions. uh, Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, Bob, how much of it have you seen? Only one episode, and I was crying for half of it. Okay. Yeah. You you are in for a ride, let me tell you. There are two – I won't spoil anything. There are two episodes in particular, back-to-back, five and six. There's one that takes place in a diner, and then the one after that um, revolves around uh, death an awful lot. 
both of those episodes back to back have been my favorites. I've loved everything, but those two are that diner one. Oh my God. I was on the edge of my seat from the very beginning to the very end of that was 54 minutes and change of me not being able to breathe. There was some dark insidious tension right from the get go. Even the way that it was filmed, it was filmed in this way that they kind of like elongated everyone. It's almost this fisheye lens, like this reverse fisheye of everybody being maybe just a little stretched out a little bit. It creates this weird cramped feeling inside of this diner um, where, you know, mysterious things are happening. But holy crap, I haven't been that impressed with an hour of television since the sixth episode of The Haunting of Hill House. If you have seen that series, you know the episode I'm talking about. There were only maybe like three hard cuts in the entire episode. Uh, That episode was such a ride. This blew me away. I I love the characterizations. I love the world. I think there's some top-tier acting going on from everyone that they've cast. Everybody was cast so brilliantly throughout the series And I'm just, it is a Steve series. Like it is tailor made for me. I've never read Sandman. So I like couldn't have known how much it would grab me, but oh my God, I am, I am absolutely in love and I still have a couple of episodes of it left. Mm -hmm. And if Netflix wanted to, if they wanted to, if they wanted their own game of Thrones, if they wanted to take something and blow it out into a franchise, they could easily do spinoffs with this. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to spend the money, I think in the long run, this would be a just an absolute gem of premier television making in, in the works because it is it is so, so good. Um, John, why don't you jump in and shut me up? Okay. Um, no, I. this is funny because I, I read The Sandman when it first came out in 1989 and read all, all the issues by Gaiman onward. And this might be the most direct adaptation I've seen in some time. It's funny. And, and it's been modernized because you got, you got uh, Gaiman, uh, David Goyer, and then uh, Alan Heinberg, who that Goyer wrote Justice Society and a lot of the Batman movies. And then Heinberg also wrote the Batman Unburied podcast. Yeah, and then Heinberg created the young Avengers with Jim Chung. So that you have comic, you know, comic people doing this, but what you the diner that's literally sandman number six put onto screen like they are taking the the episode one is sandman number one almost to a t and you you have prelude and nocturnes which are one through five and then you have the doll's house which is six through uh ten of these episodes so you're getting two of the the first two main storylines here Episode six is episode or issue eight with death. And it's, it is, I, I am delighted in watching this because I know what's coming, but I'm so surprised by what they do. The end of the series is set up in this first few episodes. But if you haven't read Sandman, you have no idea where it's going. And if you have read Sandman, you're almost giddy to watch how it unfolds. Wow. You have Lyda. You have you have Wonder Woman's 
daughter showing up in this series and you don't know it. It's Lyda Hall, mm-hmm. Lyda Trevor, uh, and Hector Hall will show up. They can't be those people because this is not connected mm-hmm. to the DC universe. I love the concept of the endless. You got dream, death, destiny, desire, despair, delirium, destruction. Mm-hmm. It's just so well thought out. And by allowing Gaiman to be involved in this, I think you're going to get an interpretation that is true to the source material, but also holds up in a modern sense. And I, I, I've watched all 10. I love it. If you give, give them, give them five seasons and let them tell the whole story. Then if you want to branch out, you have Cain and Abel, you have the house of mystery and the house of secrets. You have all of these things here. And then the way that the Sandman ends you can tell even more stories after that. You can branch it out. But let them tell this, this story over five seasons, and you will have an amazing piece of work. And that's wow. all I yeah. can say. You've sold me. Yeah, it's so it's, good. Steve, do you want to do re- a buddy read of Sandman? Because I haven't read it yet either. Absolutely, Let's sure. Let's do it. Okay. Next time I'm on, I'm going to have read all of it. Just saying that now. Uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I guess it depends on when you ask me back. Actually, <laughs> we'll fig- we'll figure it out. We'll we'll plan we'll plan a little bit down the road because if I'm going to be doing uh, your show, you uh, you uh, recently mm-hmm. okay, there was something for that, and then there's a podcast that I'm committed to that's going to okay. yeah. Okay, maybe I won't, I got uh, maybe I won't ask you to, to do it by the time I'm back next. Then. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have. We'll we'll work it out. Huh. We'll work it out. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed with it. I can't wait to keep watching it. And yeah, if, you know, it's, it's reviewing really, really well, exceptionally well, actually. Um, again, but people have got to, people have got to talk about it. Mm -hmm. People have got to, got to demand it, got to want to see it. You know, we can't end up in a situation where every single time we wait until something's being canceled to then try and bring it back from the dead. Yeah. Uh, and Netflix has got to wise up too and realize what they have right. with something like this. And well, what a built-in not- audience for how many years of Sandman that, that people will watch. You'll have a large audience every week. It may not be the, the giant number you think of, but that number will be there and it'll grow if it's quality. And this certainly is. Look what they did with yeah. Stranger Things. They kind yeah. of grew that. Yes. And then with this, I mean, you can do Sandman, Sandman Mystery Theater, or sure. you can do so many yeah. things here, and yeah. and 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 you can really do it well. And I hope they, I hope they give it a chance. Well, it's not. Yeah, it's, I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to make a terrible joke. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say um, I didn't put it in the news section, but um, Gaiman has said that he has ideas and plans for, you know, years and years and years worth of mm. Sandman content that if they're willing to do it, then, you know, he's ready to, you know, have this be like the project that he works on for the duration. It's his magnum which, opus. Yeah. I mean, it's his, yeah. it's his really his life's work almost yeah. at this point. I think he's really pleased by what they ended up I with. Think he should be, yeah. you know, like my my biggest fear for this, not even knowing the story and not even really knowing the character or anything like that, was for them to cheap out and for them to not put the money behind it. Like once this started, and I started getting a vibe for like the cinematography 
and the artistry in, in the locations that they're traveling to and just the elaboracy of the characters and the concepts. There's no other show like this on television right now that is dealing with these types of characters and these types of stories. Uh, who, you know, everything is... Right, who better to play that conflicted lead than Charles Dance? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, wait. Oh, you, Bob, you, you, have, you, have you feel so badly for him. Wait. And then it's, what are you, you're awful. You're just <laughs> terrible. You lost me Wait till you... Wait till you get to the serial convention. Okay. Ooh. Just let me know when you see it. It's, it's brilliant. It is, it is truly brilliant. And it will have you creeped out and mesmerize it all at the same mm-hmm. time. Okay. Chris, I do want to hear your joke. I was about to say, it's not starring lesbians, so it won't be immediately canceled. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I thought you were going to be like, don't, don't sleep on the Sandman or something. Okay, no, I'm no, sorry. no. I was going, uh, I was going yeah. for cutting, not pun. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> pour, pour one out for first kill. We hardly out. knew ye. First kill had higher rating than Heartstopper on Netflix, yeah. and they canceled it, which is wild. In defense, I know you didn't like it, but lots of us did. It's camp, Steve. It is camp. It wasn't that I didn't <laughs> have fun with it. I did. It is. It's again. It suffers from something that lacks confidence. Yeah. They very clearly were not willing to put money into that show, and it it showed. Yeah. Though that last shot of them kind of sweeping through the courtyard of that house and seeing all the beasties standing around. Yeah. That was, that was some like, no, I, that was heinous. I don't disagree. I just think, you know, they did the comparison, like how many watches or how long it was up on, you know, the Netflix top rating. And it was longer and more oh. than Heartstopper. It was, but. And Heartstopper got Heartstopper. three seasons immediately. I love Heartstopper. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying they're comparable in quality. I'm just saying that, that means the metric is not what's being used. It's bias that's being used. Yeah. Right. But I also think that a big difference is that Heartstopper had that groundswell yeah. of uh, like social media support See, because everybody became obsessed with it. I think you were not For- in the same Twitter circles I am because everyone was talking about First Kill. <laughs> really? Yes. First kill I didn't see was, any of that. You got to get some more sapphics in your life, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm barely on Twitter these days. I tweeted something the other day and they were like, oh, it's nice to hear from you. Yeah, and I'm like, true. I'm still here. You really need like, are you Are you still doing the comic book podcast? Oh. Yes. Yikes. 559 episodes. You need, yes. you need to get back on Twitter then. <laughs> I know I don't. Oh, yeah. I really I don't. I love it over there. It's my Wait. place. Oh, God, I hate it. I hate it Kinda, so much. I mean, to segue here a little bit, I think Netflix, they, 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 they there's too many streamers. I think this is a problem that we're going to see with all of these things, that we're just going to start seeing things just disappear because they're not going to take a chance on them yeah. because they're losing subscriptions. Like, I mean, we're reentering society. Steve's going to concerts. I venture yeah. out from time to time. We don't need four subscription, five subscription services anymore. And I think a lot of good things and a lot of things people like are going to get chopped off. Unfortunately. But they'll go first if they're lesbian. Yes. They always come for the lesbians first. They always do. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of canceling. Oh, I was wondering where you were going. for the lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) You, I said it. Go for it. (laughs) 
It's time for the news. So I'm going to apologize for this portion of the show. I'm not. Uh, there might be some language. There might be some language in this portion of the show. Uh, talk about hate. Talk about, about hating things and not wanting things to be nice and taking away nice things from us. David Zaslav and Warner Brothers Discovery, they're, uh, they're in slash and burn mode over there at DC Films and other projects. And so we got the news. This happened pretty much right after we dropped our last episode. But Warner Brothers has shelved the Batgirl movie. Batgirl movie was 90... <laughs> 90% done. Uh, $90 million dollars invested already. Yeah, $90 million invested. 90% done. And it was, according to David Zaslav, irredeemable. Irredeemable. Fuck this guy. Even I'm though so- yeah. it has the same level of rating as Black Adam. Yeah. Just throwing mm. it out there. Huh. What could be the difference? Mm. What? Mm. Speaking of coming for the lesbians first, yeah. um, the first DC movie with a trans main character, like one uh, of the main characters starring a woman of color. Alyssa Yo. What could be yeah. different? Mm. Directed by people of mm. color. Oh, let, let can we can we go down this road? And ir- yes. ir- irredeemable. Okay, some of the people said at a test screening, it's like a TV episode. Yes, it's a TV movie. It is one quarter the budget of their Justice League movies. Yeah. I was going to say, you guys released Justice yeah. League. Right. Talk one, to me about one, Irredeemable. One, right, one third of, <laughs> speaking of Irredeemable Ezra Miller Flash movies. Right. Let's go down this. Speaking of Irredeemable, The Joker. Yes, the Joker. <laughs> I mean, She's getting a musical Let's, let's go down those. Jesus. Yes. Okay. We'll get I what, as, Chris, as Chris says, what separates Batgirl mm-hmm. From the other things they will put out there, and uh, well, I'll tell you what—it's not the bat part of the name. They don't yeah, want to lose their I, relationship I, with the Rock. That's the only reason why one's getting out there and one's not. Uh, hmm. No, no, no. no. Well, well, sadly though, because because this movie isn't. There's some talk that because what's going to happen in the Flash resets the universe, and because that's not going to come out till after Batgirl was going to come out, they had to cancel uh-huh. this. Well, sure. okay. No. no, the flash no. is never coming out. I'm telling you. Can right we just now. can we put this yeah. can we put this out there that because DC is shelving this movie, they are getting a fifteen to twenty million dollar payout yes. for not releasing the movie that they thought was more valuable to their brand, fifteen to twenty million. Mm-hmm. Where a movie from the people that helped make Ms. Marvel, which was a huge rating success, and then you have Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, Brendan Fraser, who is having this uh, Brendanessance going on. (laughs) Everybody loves him and is glad to see him back. He's coming back as Firefly. He was so happy about it. It's Mm -hmm. heartbreaking. Right? Uh, you have a Latin X lead, yes. J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. The, like, and Alicia Yo. You're, Alicia Yo. You're shelving mm-hmm. you're shelving this movie? Yeah. What is wrong with you? And and like I don't give a fuck. Like I mm-hmm. the 
idea that this comes down to money and it always comes down to the bottom line pisses me off. But the idea that they're trying to hide behind these test screenings. Yeah, crap. It, it, as a fan and as somebody who who has been following these movies since the launch of the DCEU for various reasons, I enjoy them and for this show. But like – I don't care what a test audience right. is. Who were you testing this movie Well, you're against? testing in front of people who came in to see something else. Yeah. <sighs> and so they're not there to see a superhero movie. If you tested that with Thor Love and Thunder, you tested that in front of a, 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 a Marvel movie or in front of or yeah. after a Shazam movie, people would have been, oh, I really want to see that. It always drives me up a wall when they're like, according to our poll, and I see the results, I'm just like, well, who were you well, talking to? <laughs> They called up all of the bros and were like, do you want to see the Snyderverse kids? They called up the release the Snyder. They got the bots that got that. They didn't want to see it. This is, it's, it's almost done. I mean, it's 90 million. You can't tell me that putting this on HBO max is less than whatever the, the insurance policy is. It's, it, which is like, it, you know, it doesn't come down to money. This is but more that, than money because they are throwing money away to do this. It's they, their new vision of the DC. Well, they keep universe. saying that they're going to. They're going to. Whiter, mailer. Yeah. Exactly. They say they're going to do. They're going to do what Marvel did. They they had their chance to do that. <laughs> they wanted they wanted their Avengers before they did all the legwork. Then they start making right. kind of fun movies with Aquaman and Birds yes. of Prey, Shazam, Shazam, and it doesn't land with yes, the new yeah, and it doesn't squad. land yes. with everybody. But this new guy, and I gotta let Steve say his name, um, Zaza. David Zaslav. He he's like sounds like a bad you know, you know who he is. He's Gordon <laughs> Gecko. He's coming in and he's raiding yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery. He's going to slash and burn yeah. HBO Max. He's going to merge all of this into one Discovery app. And we're going to reboot the, yeah. the DC Universe, which means we don't. Yeah. Uh, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen? I, I should have sent this over. There was a, uh, an article on the Mary Sue the other day where the, uh, they were at their. Uh, conference call for all their corporate mm -hmm. nabobs where they described the difference between HBO Max Warners and Discovery mm -hmm. and that HBO Max is male driven and the junk that's over on Discovery plus the unscripted silly reality programs that's female driven like, yeah, the, like there that. aren't female comic book fans Right, do you do you do you get it? Wild. Do you get where your audience isn't? Because when they relaunched the the new fifty two, they did their first digital poll and discovered that three percent of their audience was female. Three yep. percent. They've moved on from there. They've actually done better things. The movies you just described will throw Wonder Woman to that pile yeah, too. Yeah. When they oh, yeah. do movies that reach out to a broader audience, they get a broader audience. They make a lot of money. They make a lot of Absolutely. profit. Absolutely. Shouldn't that drive your your thoughts instead of some misogyny? Sorry, I use that word, but uh, no, screw, screw you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Zaslav know, is putting. Oh, go ahead. I Chris. was going to say when last time I was on, Aaron and I were like, they just need to reboot the whole DC universe. This was not what I meant. <laughs> sorry, we, I am so sorry that we manifested this. What if, yeah. he, what if he was listening to talking comics? Power. He's like, you know. 
that Chris and Aaron, they're on to right. something. Hey, we're getting rid of that girl. You know, <laughs> you know, once in a while, the gays are right. Uh, <laughs> I He's putting out some real, like, dude bro locker room yeah, energy. Yeah. It's just is. how alpha males talk, Steve. <laughs> uh, I just, all the... All the excuses that they're hiding behind, it's all such bullshit. And I really, I hate the decision. I hate that we're not going to get to see this movie. And I absolutely hate that while they're willing to shelve Batgirl, they're still trying to figure out how to release The Flash. Flash. Like, you just can't That movie cannot come out. (laughs) And just just today, Monday... We have a new Ezra Miller story. We're not going to get into the whole thing, but basically they're wanted for burglary now. And in addition cults. to an Icelandic cult. cult Sorry. B- they yeah. had a, wait, they had a cult B and B. I'd like B- to have that. I really I said it before. When I when I do my cult, that's what You'll I'm gonna do. I'll do a cult Airbnb. <laughs> you wake up and it's just Ezra Miller sitting on your chest making alarm clock noises and snoring hey, lines. Hey Jared Leto's down in the kitchen making breakfast (laughs) (laughs) let's just get all the cult leaders up in here (laughs) oh my god the girl from smallville's there too allison oh Oh, shit how many dc people have cults wait a second (laughs) oh god (laughs) hi i'm allison i I do b&b's and (laughs) r&r And BDSM. Do you have a brand? No. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, you should. I can get you one of those if you'd like. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I don't think I'd be as mad if Batgirl hadn't been filmed. I mean, I would be upset. But to have it this close to being done and just saying, we're better off getting this insurance policy. And if you take insurance, that means they can never release it because they'd have to pay it back. Yep. The actress, I'm blanking on her name at the moment, but the actress who Leslie plays Grace? Alicia Yo. Oh, okay. Um, she was saying that people will get a chance to see it somehow. And I don't know what mysterious thing she is saying, but I assume we're going to get a leaked version at some point. Oh, this is yeah. a Roger we'll, Corman yeah. FF thing. Yeah, let's put it out at yeah. every convention. I'm, I'm in. I, I love it. Let's do it. I'll I want to see one. it. Yeah. I was talking to somebody that I work with about this, and they were they were telling me, and they're like, by hook or by crook. Like that will that movie will eventually come out and people people will see it whether it's in some kind of finished form or if it's leaked or whatever. Um, if you want to see footage from it or at least uh, like raw footage from it, there is eleven minutes of behind the scenes footage it's, roaming it's around. It's lovely Reddit. too. I saw, I watched it because you put you post this. Yeah, thing. it's great stuff. Um, if you go on to JoeBlow.com, pluggity plug, I wrote uh, mm-hmm. an article for it that uh, has links to the footage that you can go and check out for yourself. It's a lot of Batgirl running around Gotham, chasing after Firefly. They're fighting on a uh, fire truck and there's arson happening. You get a little glimpse of uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. You see some of JK Simmons and it looked, it looked cool. Like it looked unfinished, but they're in the process of filming. That's what in, in that Batgirl Burnside outfit. I I'm a yes. huge fan of that, and there it is, yes. and it looks so great on lot in live action. The yellow yeah. docks and everything else. It's great. I'm just saying, like, I'll, how many seasons of Arrow and Flash did we all watch? <laughs> we would have watched this. <laughs> like, let's be clear. All I'm saying is. <laughs> 
DC if if you know you've released <sighs> shitty release movies Gotham before. Knights. Lots. They're gonna put Gotham Knights out there. <laughs> yeah. They better if they cancel Gotham Knights, I'm gonna be mad. It's the trash movie I'm waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I, look, I hope we see it because we have not seen the Squirrel Girl television show, which was canceled because it was too gay. <sighs> they came for the lesbians. They came see? for the lesbians, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that noise you make is great. <laughs> Sorry. That was a Aged like 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> that came from my soul. <laughs> All right. Let's move on because we got a lot of stories okay. to get through. Uh, Speaking of cancellations, Kevin Smith has confirmed that DC's Strange Adventure show has also been canceled. Yeah, let's open up the DC universe to other new characters we haven't seen before. No, we'll cancel that too. Nope. Yeah, so apparently he's been working on this for the past two years (laughs) for HBO Max, uh, and this has been canceled. And in while talking about this, he this was buried in the story. Kevin Smith says that the Green Lantern show is also canceled. Now, whether or not that's true, we don't know. It has not been confirmed by DC, but he says that he's heard rumblings that people have exited that project. I mean, if you're going to do an Adam Strange show in space, it would make sense that it would be linked to a Green Lantern show. But it's just sad. This is making me very nervous for Harley Quinn. You know, shows on HBO Max exclusively like that. I, I think you get that season three, <sighs> and that's yeah, it. it's such bullshit. It's yeah. the best thing about, out there. Well, it's so agreed. good. Speaking of lesbians, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> so Smith's Smith's Strange Adventures is not happening. Uh, two years into development, mm. sucks. It really does. Really, you know. Really sucks. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, James Gunn says that Peacemaker season two hey. is safe. No, 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 no yeah. shade on James Gunn, but that yeah. goes forward. Well, that because that yeah. was okay. a hit. Just saying. I mean, it's got. I mean, yeah. but the other ones didn't get a chance. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, and you got John Cena. You got James Gunn. Yeah. So. It, it, it's got a star, a former wrestler, or it gets asked. I, I <laughs> yeah. like Peacemaker. The, the, the Kevin, 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 Smith, Kevin Smith is a pretty big creator. Yeah, but to be fair, Kevin Smith starts a lot of things and doesn't finish them. I mean, he That's gets true. behind on lots um, of stuff. And, yeah. and the, thing, the thing with Peacemaker is that Peacemaker at this point yeah. is a proven property yeah. for them. Like, it already – be before all this, you know uh, – sword cutting uh, projects left and right came about peacemaker peace peace me oh my god peacemaker, peacemaker <laughs> had its had its debut yeah. went off like gangbusters like it's it's been a huge success for them and they love james gunn i'm pretty sure that if they were able to convince him to become yeah. like their kevin feige like figure mm-hmm. that james gunn would be on their their top yeah, of their list for um, like shepherds or whatever you want to call them for for this ten year plan of DCEU stuff. Yeah, I would be. I could. I would, but they're that. gonna bail as soon as they have one flop. They yeah. will. They won't. I they know. won't stick it out like Marvel did. And I, and I was thinking about this earlier, yeah. and I don't mean to sidebar here. Marvel translates better to <laughs> movies because Marvel has always had a modern sensibility since Stan and Jack created it. DC's always mired in their past. And that doesn't translate like it could to the movies in the way that they've been doing it. 
And, and mm-hmm. this this new guy, he wants big tent pole movies. They're going to have one that fails, and they're going to have to scuttle everything and restart. Yeah. Like, the could- complicated thing about DC is like, okay, and this is a controversial statement, so prepare yourself. The ones that are good, I like better than Marvel movies generally, like Shazam and Aquaman, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're very interesting. They make big yeah. swings. But then their big swings often are complete misses, yeah. too. So. Right. It's Justice League and Batman versus Superman. And what they right. think are their bigger movies aren't because they just We're, don't resonate yeah. with... Well, they also... They, they don't grow right. the audience well, at all. They also the problem. Over- yeah. edit them. I mean, they, they step in and cut... I yes. mean, if and they're not perfect, but if you watch yeah. what Snyder did, like the expanded versions, they're better. I did. They're better yeah. than what was released yeah. in the theater. I'm not saying it's it good, Bob. It I'm saying it's, 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 di- it's, di- it's different. I don't know that it's better. It's uh, better. Uh, it took out all the, the uh, cringe Josh Whedon mm-hmm. sexism. So I'll take Oh, no, but, it turned, but we were from shots of Wonder Woman's took us to Wonder yeah. Woman being a bloodthirsty murderer with those Terrorists. I would pref- look. I support her wrongs. I don't support her with the flash ending up in her boobs. Okay. Okay. I d- don't disagree. <laughs> All right. Let her murder. Let's move could, on here. Could Mar- I'll throw this out there. Could Marvel have made a good Superman movie? Yes. Because yeah, they made Captain made- America, and they managed to make that character yes. whose values are from somewhere else, and make it work. And then Chris Evans yeah, every yeah. sets in place the rest the of every Superman movie. Right? End, but Marvel goes for safe. Yeah. Every Superman Sorry. movie ends up being a messianic Christ pose. Yes. It, they got yes. it full out of the sky. They got the it right. In, no one remember he's actually they, Jewish, but that's okay. They Jewish. got it right in 1979. Yes. That's it. Yeah. 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 And the Superman and Lois show. Okay. Throwing yeah. it out there. I loved it. Even though Dean Cain okay. sucks. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> no, that's that's, that's the Lois and Clark. Oh, that's Lois and Clark. Sorry. That's, a, that's, a, that's Lois and Clark, right. This episode's going to be three Dean and a half. Dean Cain sucks. There's your episode title, Steve. Dean Cain sucks. <laughs> All right, sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. We already I, had one like that. I, I, we had, uh, yeah, I drew I drew Dean Cain with uh, Devil. Oh, horns that's right. Yes. I, I apologize. I, I, I'm the cause of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Phillips. Let's talk oh, about another. Geez, Louise. <laughs> Todd Phillips's Joker, Folly Adieu, gets a fall 2024 release date, and it has been confirmed that Lady Gaga will play Harley Quinn or Harleen Quinzel in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Zazie Beetz is also yeah. returning for the sequel. It will be something of a musical. And it's coming out October 4th, 2024. Okay, hear me out. (laughs) I am well established as the Joker being my least favorite movie that has ever been created. They have somehow managed to make me excited about the sequel. (laughs) How so? Because it's so gay, Steve. Lady Gaga and it's a musical. Like, what the fuck? They they really went, like, we we appeal to the worst possible toxic masculinity last time let's appeal to the gays this time <laughs> just get lady gaga's born this way up in this thing <laughs> all right all right look i'll say i'll say this i am i'm at least q 
curious about what this is going to end up being. I don't know that I'm a fan of it in any way. I've only seen the first one the one time in the theater. Um, I don't know. I, I, this is one of those things that if this didn't exist, I would be, I would be moving on my day perfectly fine. Um, but like you said, mm-hmm. they keep doing things. They keep <laughs> announcing things, changing things about it that I'm like, mm? yep. it couldn't but, be more different already than the first one. So I'm like, all right, I'll give you another chance. You pulled me I back know. I also, I also agree with something that John said in a previous episode in that. This is not the movie that anyone needs. No, and I'm, you know, the people who loved the first Joker are going to be so pissed. Maybe that's why I'm excited. I want them to be mad. <laughs> when they go walk into a theater and see a Lady Gaga musical, yeah. And they'll okay. be furious about it, and that will give, that will add years to my life. That's what I'm saying right now. Well, on that basis, I, I suppose. But I, I still haven't <laughs> seen the first one because I don't care to have oh, God, that don't. character redeemed, explained. He's chaotic evil, period, in the same way I didn't want to yes. see Rob Zombie give me a reason because Michael Myers is picked out at the bus stop. I don't care. Yeah. It's not important. Yeah. And so I, I and then Scorsese talking about oh Marvel movies are terrible. Wait, you just produced a movie that threw together <laughs> King of Comedy and Taxi Driver and you think it's original Marty? Shut up. Okay? <laughs> I don't care. And I'm a fan of your work, but that's just nonsense. So yeah, this, so make him sympathetic by inventing mental illness that doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> what I'm going to do here is I'll watch for the bootleg YouTube highlights of Lady Gaga. Yeah. That's what I'll do. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a dramatic <laughs> recreation for you. Bob. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I will. I will give some kudos toward Joaquin Phoenix, though he no. was he acted his pants off in this I, movie. He was very good. I hate method acting. There, I said it. I hate it. It makes me angry. It's not acting. It's just like driving yourself to an unsafe place for a movie. I don't mm-hmm. like it. John. I think <laughs> I, you've been very my, quiet. My, my feelings on the Joker are well known. I think at this point, I'm just going to go to when the movie's over and I'm going to watch the people come out and you got this medium hat backwards guys going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and I'm just going to enjoy right? that. It's going to be the best. Cause I'm not going to give him, I'm not John's giving money gonna, to this movie. I'm going to see you like sitting, <laughs> sitting at the bar with yes. your popcorn. You didn't even go into the theater. Yeah, you just sat outside of it. It's more entertaining I'll, I'll to watch you. in the audience than the movie. Yeah, I'm yeah, with you, John. We'll, we'll have to meet yes. in Iowa to do this. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. We'll do that during our yeah. vacation we in New York. Like, we sir, yeah. sir, the, the movie started an hour and 45 minutes ago. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I know. Get me another sidecar. Yeah. I'll be good to go. I need some more popcorn. Yeah. I'm telling you, one side of the theater is going to release, and it's just going to be rainbow flags for days. People are very excited, and the other side's going to release, and it's just angry yes. bros. <laughs> <sighs> we shall see. We got a wild October 2024 is a ways away. So, yeah. <sighs> RuPaul's Drag Races Shay Coulee is joining Marvel Studios' Ironheart oh, series. Cool. I'm so cool. excited. That's pretty cool. Uh, and we're also getting word that the hood is going Ooh, to be a character no. in the show. Yes. Uh, I'll try to find the actor who is playing him, but there are behind the scenes pictures of him floating around the Twitter sphere. If I could friggin' get this to come up here. Ah, here we go. 
Uh, Anthony Ramos as the no. hood oh, in Ironheart. Good casting. <gasps> oh shit! There's a better who picture. Is Help me out here, suit. you young folks. Who is Anthony Ramos? He's from Hamilton. Oh, yo. Okay. okay, this is a complete and total spoiler, but I think I just found a picture of Riri's like endgame <gasps> suit. Send it to me, please. All right, I'm gonna send it to the chat, and I'm gonna send it to you, Chris. I should just add you, add you well, to the we, chat. We see her, we see her hammering in that Wakanda Forever trailer. I've watched yeah. that thing like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, me too. Hi, Ironheart is so special to me. I've told on the show before that I got my niece to like reading by giving comics to her. She is a young biracial, you know, black and white woman, mm-hmm. and so this story and Moon Girl were the two that I gave her first. That she was wow. like, "This is me. I'm seeing mm-hmm. me." When we went to Comic Con the second time, she made herself because she sews and she's amazing. She handmade a Riri costume, and it was amazing. Ugh. It makes me so happy that this is happening. Hey, did you, did you just, see the picture? I, just, I you love posted it. Posted something about Halo. Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> oh, I, just, I still. Oh, oh John. Geez. I don't know. I I have to wait and see it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's no, that's, hardcore. That's her, that's her first. Sorry. I'm saying that's her first. No, this. Come out of the cave. Maybe this looks more. Or is this, this looks, her? War, is this her war this machine? This looks more evolved than the previous picture. Oh wait, no! Here, no here, look at the second image. Yeah, Steve but that's the CGI up. suit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. you can see all the markers on the legs. Okay. Oh, look at her! Um, look at her! I don't know. I don't know. It's it's looking oh, no, intense I'm, though. I'm like they're it. doing I'm it. They're going for it. Game for it. So. Um, and here I'm, I guess I'm already doing it. And I still uh, want the young Avengers and Riri's got to be a part of that. We'll get there. Yes, please. Because Marvel will take their time and do it right. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh. I suffer. <laughs> As a DC fan, I just. Oh, suffer. I love. Chris, I'm still waiting for the good Fantastic Four movie, so don't feel bad. <laughs> Fair enough. <Yeah. laughs> I'm still waiting right. for anything other than Batman, even though. Well, I'm there like, you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last yeah, picture I'm sending. I'm going to move on to the That's next cool. story. Okay, sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> I see right. him saying lightning bolt, lightning bolt, like that old YouTube video of LARPers, <laughs> but that's just me. Trying to find out who Shea Kuei is playing in the it series. It be a secret. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they've said. I haven't seen anything. anything. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. It's just a lot of talk about their podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is not a, an official confirmation of any kind, but uh, Oscar Isaac was out in Cairo and was with the director of Moon Knight. They were together mm. and they were on like, I think, a boat or a, or a bus or something and being interviewed by a, a younger person. And they asked they asked him something and he basically just right dead face into the camera was like, we're here because we're doing Moon Knight 2. <laughs> He's going to get locked in the basement where they kept Tom Holland for all those years. Yeah. <laughs> well, him, him and Rosario Wilson, Dawson yeah. right? together <laughs> the- are going to be, uh, are going to be locked in the same place because <laughs> she was at C2E2 uh, these past couple of days 
and basically blurted out that Marvel is doing a new Punisher series with John Bernthal returning as Frank Castle. And then immediately, almost immediately, like, you know, a couple hours later was like, ah, ha, ha. I guess, you know, listening to those fans of mine when I'm doing my signings is a bad idea. And I just like, yeah, yeah okay, you you got the phone call. Uh, shortly thereafter and they were like what are you doing get in the holland basement get in there we'll cancel osaka yeah. excuse me uh miss <laughs> dawson if you could just uh step this way please yeah, they're just gonna put her on interviews with benedict cumberbatch <laughs> even though they're in nothing together <laughs> yes we're just gonna go for uh for a short ride she opens up the door and kevin feige's inside the limo and be like we need to have and, and he has the the flashy thing from men in black <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been having having fun at C two E two today. You having a good time? Why don't you come here? Join join me for just. We're just gonna go for a ride around the block. I love it. Could you look at me real quick? Um, yeah. So uh, apparently, <laughs> it's a good thing. Anthony. I would be it's a very good thing. I would be very surprised if we don't see more Moon Knight um, after that. After the success of that season, yeah. so I think it's a little. I don't I can't tell if if this is like planned to let this stuff out just to drum up the conversation and get people hyped to get people talking yeah. or if people <laughs> just forget because you're in the moment. But anyway, um, there's also stuff. talk. Of, that's right. Um, and then the other story that I, I forgot to put in here related to all this stuff is that Patton Oswald, who played Pip. Uh, in Eternals says that uh, Chloe Zhao is coming back for a Eternals 2. So we'll see. We'll see. They all sound extremely sure of themselves when they say these things. And then we get the retractions that just, oh, oh, I'm such a goofball. You know, (laughs) me just talking out of my ass. Don't listen to me. I was in a silly, goofy mood that day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a local so. movie story that that hit today, sort of. Someone right. was in Manhattan, you know. Look, it's Manhattan, so people are, have cameras and they're filming. They were down in Washington Square Park shooting scenes for the Marvels. Oh, and what people were taking pictures of were a whole bunch of special effect prop model cats, <laughs> flurkins. Interesting. Florkins are now. It could be the post-credit sequence. We could have Florkins oh galore God. in Madison Square Park, or it Amazing. could be part of the plot. But they were filming lots of stand-in Florkins today. Oh, what if yay. it's like the Florkin invasion is the cold open? Uh, wouldn't that movie? be awesome? Oh my God, please! All Get in, all in for Florkins. And will Moon Knight season two have Dracula? That's all I want to know. Oh, why not? That would be I cool. I just want to see the meme. I just want the, you know, come here, Dracula, you fucking nerd. Where's my goddamn money? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our last story. Idris Elba is getting involved with the Netflix uh, through the deal with Dark Horse Entertainment to do an adaptation of Bang, which is, uh, I believe... Uh, what's his face? Mind Matt management. Kent. Um, Matt Kent. So I, I think I read the first one of this, but then maybe didn't know when the second one was coming out and completely lost the thread. Obviously, I think this is probably finished by now. Um, 
But uh, Bang is based on the comic series of the same name by Matt Kent and Wilfredo Torres and will be directed by David Leach. That's cool. Uh, John Wick fame. Uh, in the film, when a terrorist cult, hey, there you go. Yay. When a terrorist cult <laughs> sets out to start the apocalypse <laughs> with a series of novels meant to brainwash their readers, the world's most celebrated spy is sent to track down and kill the author responsible. Oh my God. Kent and so and so serve as writers. Uh, producers include blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. So that's cool. It's yeah. James Bond management. versus L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> we do we share do. a brain. I was like, how do I work in the Scientology reference here? <laughs> I would get really excited if they were to announce a mind management series. Well, if, a dark horse, if they're going to start mining I've... Dark Horse for stuff, that's there. Mm-hmm. I think Mind Management is also based on comics by Kent. The series will follow a young woman who stumbles onto a mind. Ooh, are they doing it? A top secret. Wow, real time. You're <laughs> yeah. listening to me figuring this out. Her ensuing blah, 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 blah. Um, devastating failure, rewrite, yada, yada, yada. It's sa- executive producers include. So, yeah, it sounds like they're doing mind management cool. too. Oh. <laughs> could, could be good. Yeah, it's part of the Netflix, it's part of the Dark Horse well, Netflix deal. Yay. Oh, and they're yeah. also doing Lady Killer. Yes. With <gasps> Dia- with Diablo Cody nice. attached. Oh, yeah. fun. Good yeah. stuff. Oh man. I I Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness. <laughs> I I'd kill to see a Bandit series though. Oh, yes. Oh, is, that would be fun. That would be that would be a great animated Dark series. Horse release, it has to be. Animated. Dark Horse released the traits. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. Yeah, that might be part of it. That'd be cool. Hmm. All right. Whew. That was it. That was that was all the news that was fit to print. No, I think it's more like it's all the news that fits we print. I but that's just me. Sorry. All right. Um. Bobby. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> Let's talk about what books we're looking forward to next week. Bob, what are you picking up? Uh, Batgirls, number nine. Thankfully, it is continuing, despite the fact we didn't think it would. Wonder Woman 790. We have Cap Sentinel of Liberty, number three. Jane Foster, number three. Captain Carter, finishing up with number five. We have Avengers and Moon Girl. Mm-hmm. And Elvira in Horrorland, number three. Mm. Ooh. Uh, John, uh, what do you plan on getting? Deceased, War of the Undead Gods, one. I am Batman, 12. Superman, Son of Kal-El, 14. Judgment Day, number two. Amazing Spider-Man, seven. Avengers, 59. Black Panther, eight. And then Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, do you have any plans to pick up any books? I have zeros of money, so no. But I will be reading the <laughs> updates of uh, Crushed and Exception, which are both back to updating now. And I'm going to start on Stagtown, which is a very big one for Webtoons. So that's what I'm doing. Any relation to Cougar Town? I can only assume it's the neighbor city. <laughs> <laughs> like the Twin Cities, Excellent. Minneapolis, St. Paul. There's yeah. Cougar Town on one Stag side. And Stag and they could get together. <laughs> 
All right, for me, I'm picking up Batgirls number nine, Harley Quinn number 19, I am Batman number 12, Jurassic <laughs> League number four, yes. Superman Son of Kal-El number 14. Yes. Was that Chris? Oh, I just got very excited about Jurassic League. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, apparently, I wrote it down as Captain Marica, America, Sentinel of <laughs> Liberty, America. America. Number, th- number three, America, Captain America, <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider, Vengeance Forever, number one, Ben Percy might check that out. I oh I, Ghost Rider is one of those characters that I so badly want to like a Ghost Rider series. I've mm-hmm. liked two in my time of trying most of them, if not all of them. Uh, Cold Iron, number four. That's a Comixology original that's coming out. Uh, Eight Billion Genies, number four. Love Everlasting, a Tom King and Elsa Chartier uh, joint that's coming out. Uh, Terry Moore's Parker Girls, number one, is hitting the stands. Going to check that out. Uh, Prodigy, the Icarus something. Icarus Society. Number two, the Icarus... Icarus Society. I keep thinking the Icarus <laughs> line, but that's a band. <laughs> Icarus uh, Project. Yes. Slumber number six and Unnatural Blue Blood number two. Ooh. Tom Selleck's so in that was, one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just naked, naked and furry all the way. We've seen Magnum. We know he's furry. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any closing statements before we get out of here? I do. I got to pitch the things. Okay. Okay, So last time I teased you all with a big announcement. I can now actually announce it. So Gotham Outsiders is doing our first ever live show. I know. I'm so excited. We're doing it in the gayest comic place on earth. We're going to FlameCon. So that's why I'll be in New York, Bob, to answer your question. We are going to be doing a live show at New York's FlameCon with Jadzia Axelrod, Ben Khan, and Alex Jaffe. So please come and see us. When is that? We will will touch base off air. Send me an email. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Um, It is. Wow. I should know. It's in two weeks. Um, It's the 20th. The 20th, Mm. I think. Wow. I do that very calm. Yes. It is the 20th. We're at three o'clock on the 20th. Um, so you should come. There's a lot of amazing creators that are going to be there, obviously, other than just ourselves. So you should definitely come. What day of the week is that? Saturday. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, you never know. Well, I, would, I would love to see uh, talking comics people. If anyone who, listening is going to be there, please like hit me up on Twitter and we'll say hi for sure. Um, I, like, I want to meet you all. So that'll be a fun. We're doing. I can't believe we're doing a live show. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, uh, so other than that, obviously host Gotham Outsiders. I also host Thirsty on Tune. Uh, this week's episode is an interview with Iris Foxglove, the single pseudonamed pair they're actually two people that write the amazing uh romance series the lacoy which is so good and we loved it uh we reviewed it last time when the interview will go up this time um and 
I, you can also hire me for consulting. Please do as the aforementioned zeros of money that I have right now. Um, so please do. I do sensitivity reading, beta reading, consulting, the whole deal. You can find me at the myth of psyche and you can find my pen name at Cooper Cal writes. Fantastic. Uh, Bob or John, do you have anything that you would like to share before we nope. get out of here? Yep. Just quickly. I know it, it was the subject of, uh, it's not derision, the subject of fun a couple of weeks back, but I discovered a website called Box Lunch. <laughs> who sells... Here we go uh, again. Uh, uh, yeah, but okay. I, they, I placed an order and I got it within days. And the quality of it, it, it's all licensed Marvel goods. So I have an official New Jersey Avengers Con t-shirt. Oh, cool. I have an Agatha t-shirt. I have a Captain Carter. I bought a Funko and I got a discount and it came packaged really nicely and came very quickly. If you're looking for a new place to get some geek gear, check out Box Lunch. Just saying. Okay. You, you What you need to do... Do me a favor, mm-hmm. reach out to them and find out if they want some ad space on this okay. podcast oh. because they've gotten so much free <laughs> ad space from your stories the past couple of episodes. They should be paying us uh, by I now. Will, I will ask. I'm sure they'll send me a survey for the order I just got. But yes, but it, 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 here's the thing. We, we all were big fans of We Love Fine in the day for doing all this wonderful stuff and they're kind of around, but not at the same level they were. This may be the place that replaces it. Lots of stuff in across the board. Again, that I could walk into their store and find lore Olympus stuff on the shelf. (gasps) Yes. On the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) See, Chris, Chris is here. Check out the website. I have zero money. You can't do this to me, Bob. This is going to be negative money. (laughs) Box Lunch. Find a store. Are they in Canada? You betcha. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think they're only a state. That's all right. You do it online. There's, There's 10 times as much stuff online as there is in the store. No stores found. Please enter a different city or state or zip Detroit. Or enter Detroit again. and see what you get. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I'm done going to Detroit for a little okay. while. Oh. All right. Um, no particular reason. I'm just tired. <laughs> it sounded the, the, very the ominous. <laughs> no, no. Detroit Detroit has been very kind to me in the in the few times that I've been over there for uh, for shows or flying out of places. Sometimes it's easier just to drive through to Detroit. And then hop a plane and go and visit people. Hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you can send your questions or comments to podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We would love to hear from you. I do check that email. Uh, So if you've got questions for the group, send them on over. Uh, we are also on Twitter at Talking Comics, and we've got TalkingComicBooks.com in the works. <gasps> Bob, where can our listeners find you? Well, there's a new fashion email. I think I'm at CultLeader.com, but generally speaking, it's, it's <laughs> Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. And John, John how about you? Chris? I did things already, but at The Myth of Psyche and at Cooper Cal writes. 
Yay. Uh, Joey is at Joey Bracino online. Aaron is at Aaron J. Amos. I am at dead underscore anchorus online. I want to thank everybody for being here this episode. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you so much to all of you for listening. Be excellent to each other out there. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued. Well, he didn't actually eat his wife, but right. that was his that was his defense. He was using the police computers to search for ways to cook people. Uh, right. But he, and he was going into this. he was going into chat rooms. Yeah, but his lawyer was he wouldn't have really done that because when he said he was gonna do that, he was in New Jersey. He couldn't have cooked his <laughs> wife. That was his defense. It's like, oh I have okay. more to say on this, but Steve, is that better? Do not- is that better? Yeah. Okay, I turned yeah. it down. Do they not have kitchens in Jersey? I, Apparently, well, no, it's, yeah. it's a rule. Once you cross the state line, you don't eat other people's, or you don't eat your wife. <laughs> you don't eat other yeah. people. Uh, no, what you missed, Steve, was that uh, Bob said this, and I made a joke about Army Hammer, and then we Googled it, and Army Hammer was the first thing that came up about the cannibal cult guy. The, the cannibal <laughs> cop said Army Hammer can now carry the cannibal label. Well, that's so nice of him. I didn't know no, he was the gatekeeper of cannibalism. That. Passing the crown along. <laughs> he's like, it's Army Hammer, you can do right. it. You can yeah, here's take my, over. Here's my oh. tiara and sash. Go right ahead. <laughs> here's my Buffalo Bill suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's now yours. Hope it fits. Uh, Steve and I had a very fun interaction where I could not remember who I had screamed about army hamler's cannibalism too so i randomly out of nowhere sent him a message and was like did i talk to you about army hammer's uh, skeletal um sex throne and steve was like what uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's an intro god damn it <laughs> i have so many blood. how many episode <laughs> titles do we have today at least three in oh, the god. last minute and a half oh good <laughs> hold on we have Gatekeepers of cannibalism, <laughs> the cult of Army Hammer, and maybe my favorite, Army Hammer's skeletal sex throne. I think that's the winner in the clubhouse so far. But I think the leaders, oh the God. leaders of the cannibal cult, could be a band. But I think there's already been a cannibal cult, right? There's Cannibal yeah. Corpse, which Cannibal is a Corpse, thrash yes, metal yeah. band. Uh, Cannibal Corpse just played here, like uh, like, like twenty minutes down the road, maybe like a month or two ago. They're actually pretty good. I mean, it's yeah, I kind of wish stuff. that I went. I didn't go. Yeah, I saw them once, like, four or five years ago. It's not my style of music, but it no. was a hell of a show. <laughs>